Welcome to Ashamed of Thrones, your weekly recap podcast for HBO's Swan Dive out of a window. A Game of Thrones. My name is Doug. With me, as always, is Brian. Say hello. Hello, everyone. Prepare yourself for an especially a shaming episode. And it's going to be especially a shaming because we have two guests on the show. We have uh, Snacks. And hey, hey. I'm, uh, I'm embarrassed to be here. <laughs> and uh, Jeff Van Driesen. Um, so, gentlemen, uh, let's start with uh, you, Snacks. Tell us how you got into the series just in general. What do you think of this, the show before this season? What do you think of this season as a whole? Uh, I'm more of a book guy, and I read the books, and then the show started, so I gave it a watchy, but I kind of gassed out on season two. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty boring that, book, too, so. Um, and then, so, like, now that it's beyond the books, I got back into the TV show. Um, I, 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 I kind of like it and dislike it. I feel like the characters have gotten a lot more one-dimensional. Right. Um, and that, uh, yeah, but... You know, but do you chalk that like up to it. just being the the realities of making uh, this huge monstrous epic into a television program, or do you think uh, that they're making uh, questionable choices as well? Uh, I think a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Of yeah. course, you have a ton more time and a ton more of everything in like a in like a novel, but some of their television choices particularly make me annoyed. Um, being like a TV guy, so. Oh, yeah, uh, so Snacks it. has a background in television, so he's going to give us that perspective. Uh, but overall, uh, before I introduce our next guest... Um, Boy, that's being generous, background in television. <laughs> uh, quick question, Snacks. Did you, uh, did you watch seasons three, four, and five? Uh, after I started watching this season again, I just cherry-picked the episodes. Got um, that's probably the way he's to do it. He's a real expert. Got a real expert on the yeah, show. <laughs> that's great. Uh, but what did you think of this season? Because, uh, you know, I have an opinion about this season, but I want to hear yours. Um. I mean, like, where, uh, I don't know where to start. Like, on the one hand, it's, it's exciting that I'm getting new news that hasn't right. been released yet. Yeah. You know, uh, on that side of things, that's fun. Um, on the other side, I think they do certain things that are certain lazy. Yeah, of course. Um, and then, um, so I don't know. Mixed emotions. I, I I I would say I like it. I, I'm looking forward to more. There you go. Yeah, um, I think that's what I wanted. Like the like overall, I have to say I was satisfied with this season. Now I have the same complaints, but uh, I had to overall had a positive experience after this season compared to let's say last season, which was one of the impetuses for starting this podcast. So, so right on. Uh, so our next guest, Jeff, uh, has a competing podcast. Uh, it competes directly with this. <laughs> Even though it's fictional, yeah, we're really we're, we're the ashamed of Thrones of of the Boston audio drama area for sure. So, Jeff, uh, tell us about you. You know who you are. Um, tell us about the podcast you have before you uh, we get into your a song of ice and fire slash Game of Thrones cred. Thank you, Doug. Uh, my name is Jeff Van Driesen. I co-write and produce a audio drama podcast um, set in in like an alt universe Boston with kind of overlapping. Uh, storylines and characters, lots of weird stuff happens. It's kind of a strange show. Yeah, if you um, had to like, is it is it like, uh, would you like, how would you characterize the fiction like serial pulp or surreal? Like, how would you if you had to like describe this? Uh, uh, may, I answer, may I answer this one, Jeff? Right. I start off with the word erotic. Erotic. <laughs> it's a it's an erotic journey <laughs> through the streets of Boston. 
Right. I don't think there is a single sexual thing that happens in the entire show. Just no, it's all sub. It's all the subtext. Trust yeah, it's all innuendo. It's subsexual. Um, oh, I'm joking. No, <laughs> I'm not. No, yeah, I am. Um, I, I would characterize it as it, the weird. The, the word that people throw around is speculative fiction, which is it, which is a way of saying kind of like it's. In my opinion, it's a it's like a fancy way of saying magical realism. So okay. I think that, that that's that's a term I would use. Okay, that's. And I don't want to put in too many jokes early, but I think we were actually saying speculum fiction. <laughs> Very good. Like we'll the, give you a pity. Okay. Let's let's move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's we were not supposed to cut. prepare material. <laughs> yes, we're not derailing this. Yeah, thing I did like not do that. By the way. All right, we're off to a great start. All right, so yes, uh, yes, uh, please check out uh, Greater Boston. I have or a friend of mine named David <laughs> has contributed music to a couple of the episodes. Uh, uh, so and David has done a very good job with lots of the music and we, we really value Even though he might be um, behind some of his deadlines and needs to uh, <laughs> to fulfill some of that yeah. which we'll talk See about I'll, David I'll let him yeah. smack him in the face right. we'll and, talk about uh, that later uh, but, but at yes. least he's recording this bullshit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm trying I'm, I'm, I'm hard at work at that stuff too somehow uh, but yes uh, now uh, yes please check out Greater Boston available through iTunes but uh, Jeff Tell us uh, how you got into the stories to begin with. Now, I have a personal relationship with you as far as the first season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, I mean, back in the day, I was the only one of my friends that had HBO. So, right. <laughs> um, Doug, By the way, Doug I still don't have and- HBO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is before HBO Go where everybody could watch it with one password, you know. Right. So, um, my, Did you read Doug the books at that my- point? No, um, you and uh, our mutual friend Jim were very excited about it. So you guys came over and we'd watch it together, which was kind of nice. I kind yeah, of missed that sometimes. And I really it. loved it. I'm yeah, sorry. We would do that saying? on, uh, wasn't, didn't we do it on uh, like the Monday after? Since we didn't want to yeah. like go over to your house at, you know, nine o'clock on a Sunday because you were, you know, I guess, quote unquote, in a relationship at the time. Uh, and I, I don't think and you're... I, and I still am. <laughs> I, you know, she, she yeah, did yeah, just make fun of me for going into I... a room and like talking about uh, like Game of Thrones for an hour and a half with you guys over Skype. But right. so far, the relationship still seems like it's hanging together. Yeah, we'll see what that. happens after. Um, we'll see see what happens after the end of this evening. But uh, what when you... I come out of the room, I might be divorced. Um, <laughs> but, but you have you have since read yeah, the books, right? I have. I've read all the books. I after the first season, I read all the books. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy the books very much. I actually really. I mean, there's a lot of dumb things in the books, I think, but I actually think there's a lot of smart things in the books. Yeah. And m- my opinion of the show is that I think season one stands up as an excellent season of television. Yeah. Season two, I was very disappointed with. Season three, I thought they were kind of coming back a little bit. And then ever since then, I, I feel like it's on not a decline, but I, I agree with Snacks when he says that it, they, they're very lazy. They they slight a lot of the characters. I'm especially disappointed with what how they treat the female characters. I think the women characters on the, in the books are much more complex. I think they they cut a lot of corners, and I don't know. It, it's very entertaining. I'm very entertained by it. Yeah. Um, especially some episodes more than others. But overall, I just I don't think that it's as thoughtful. And it's weird to say that George R. R. Martin is a thoughtful guy because I really don't think he's that thoughtful. But in comparison, he's like leaps and bounds more thoughtful than the show. Well, I think the greatest uh, I don't know if you can say it's the greatest uh, compliment you can give to uh, a story writer. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a detractor. But the fact is, you read those books twice. You're going to notice so many other things. You're going to like notice connections you didn't notice before. You're going to see the seeds of plot points that pay off thousands of pages of heads being planted 
uh, within the first couple mm-hmm. chapters. So I find that to be uh, fascinating, yeah. which is why I, uh, you know, I I'll reread the books. I've re- reread the books at least three times now. So uh, I just find it uh, fascinating. But there's, yeah. there's a lot in there for sure. Right. Um, yeah. And what did you think of this season? Do you think, as an overall, did you think it's on an upswing? Were you just entertained? Uh, I was enjoy it? entertained at the end, but even the entertaining episodes, the last couple of episodes, which honestly might be the only two I could say I, I genuinely liked yeah. um, of the season. Like there was, there were moments in other episodes I liked, but the last two are the only ones I walked away from saying like those were good. But right. even after that, I would think about them and I, I kind of think, you know, this was really stupid and that was really stupid. And I was, I didn't, I don't get me wrong. I was definitely entertained by them, but I, I thought that there was a lot of, um, just really kind of lazy storytelling and you're stupid and lazy. I like them. Yeah, I, I know. I keep saying the same things over and over again. But well, here's the uh, thing: is uh, I've been saying it's lazy storytelling, and I don't know anything about storytelling. So it's great to know somebody else who uh, produces and writes fiction on a regular basis uh, is in agreement. When I think they like cut needless corners, and I think like I can come up with scenarios off the top of my head that seem like they would make a little bit more sense and be true to characters. Uh, I don't know. You've, you've done that repeatedly in this podcast, and I've always been nodding my head you listen to this podcast <laughs> i do i do not sometimes not the whole episodes um uh, what <laughs> that's insulting are you hanging up on me no <laughs> but they're, right. like the, the whole aria fix like I'm, i yeah. was in total agreement with you on that i was like that whole thing was unnecessary like so what are they unnecessary think? and you know what that's a great place to start so uh doing a season recap this is going to be a mess we're going to devolve and talk about all sorts of shit but Arya is probably a good place to start. We should save, like, uh, you know, Danny and John till the end, uh, maybe Cersei as well. But let's talk about Arya's, uh, um, let's say, through line for the whole uh, the season. I'm going to go through and just give you the relay of the events as I have them. Please feel free to correct me as far as the accuracy of the events, but at the end, we'll just evolve and talk about it. Okay. So we start. Uh, Arya is getting publicly beaten as a blind girl in the streets. Uh, and these beatings just continue for two whole episodes. Bum <laughs> like, fights. That's it. Was it was fucking bum fights. All, see, all that happens in two episodes is she gets the absolute shit kicked beat out of her. by a stick. Right. That's all that happens. Then uh, somehow she gets brought back into the House of Black and White after, uh, you know, basically Jaken says, do you want to quit? And she's like, no, I don't want to quit. And he's like, good answer. Now you, you can come back inside. But, you know, uh she fights for a while, gets a little better. She gets her sight back. Um, she's given a mission at that point um, to kill an actress. Uh, she goes to kill the actress and learns that the actress is involved in a play about the War of the Five Kings. The actress is portraying Cersei. Um, she appreciates the actor from a talent uh, act uh, standpoint. Um, gets to befriend her. She, gets, she talks to her inadvertently in the back. Uh, they form a certain bond, and then Arya decides to not kill her and actually foil the assassination attempt. Uh, the Waif takes this as the go-ahead to uh, ask permission to kill her. Uh, Jockin says it's okay. Uh, Arya hides for a minute, but then decides to stroll around like an asshole uh, while being hunted. So, so stupid. So right, stupid. yeah, and please, you can comment this at the end. Uh, but then she's just walking around, throwing money around, dressed like she's from Westeros, uh, not hiding at all, not acting like, hey, there's a guild of assassins after my ass. Throwing around a bunch of money, yeah, too, which doesn't money. seem really smart in she, public. After a moment, she takes a, a second to look and uh, smell the roses and gets blindsided by an old woman who we all knew, you know, old lady saying hi. She gets slashed across the belly and then stabbed twice in the goddamn gut, is able to 
headbutt the waif, jump over uh, the, the edge of the bridge into the canal water, and then stumble off bleeding uh, while, once again, the public of Bravos just doesn't do a goddamn thing and really doesn't care about goddamn street rats. Um, just, uh, just like Boston, man. Just like fucking Boston. It's a very similar moment. In but yeah, yeah at that point... Central Square. Yeah, and, th- and, this, and we'll get into this because the at Wendy's. that point, everybody... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thought that there must have been more to the story. Arya couldn't be that fucking stupid. But it turns out, no, that really was Arya. She goes to get help from the actress. The actress miraculously sews her up. The way finds the actress and Arya, kills the actress, and a ridiculous uh, parkour, um, I guess, uh, Assassin's Creed-style uh, foot chase takes Terminator place. Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Style. Right. And... Uh, Arya lures her into the dark, uses her newly found blind uh, training to kill the waif, take her face back to the House of Black and White. Jacken thinks this is cool for some reason uh, and says that she has passed her whatever this was a test and she is now ready to be a faceless man. She says, sorry, not sorry. I'm fucking Arya Stark. I'm no, I'm, you know, whatever House Stark and I'm out of here. And Jaken is kind of cool with it. Whatever. The, then she ends up back in Westeros, infiltrates the Freys as a serving woman, murders two of the Freys of Walder Frey's sons, bakes them in a pie, and feeds them to Walder Frey uh, before slitting his throat. Very Titus and Jonicus that moment, by the way. Right. Yes. All right, so, so, so have at it. I'll feel this one. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, in the recap, I just wanted to point out, Snacks, that I used the phrase when I described the, in the recap – uh, when she lured the waif back to her hiding place, I used the phrase "hidey hole" specifically because she used that to, while playing Call of Duty. Oh, <laughs> so, anyways, thanks. Um, uh, so, th- I think that my my general overall impression and reflecting back on the the arc of this season and prior seasons is, is so much wheel spinning. But I think what the goal of the writers was is to kind of bring all of these elements together in the last episode of this season. So they kind of just had her do a bunch of bullshit right. for seasons on end when she didn't really develop that much other than she might be a little bit better of an assassin. Or, I mean, she's a better assassin. I don't think you really question that. Right. But, but, her uh, but open- I, I think her- that she's a better assassin strictly because she knows how to change faces. And otherwise, you know, she just well, runs Can we like talk a- about that for a second too? Sure, yeah. And how completely ludicrous it is. Like the whole face thing. I mean, the, yeah, I guess and they, uh, never really, they never really explained that. So, have I just it's like Mission Impossible, man. Like I'm sorry, but it's like silly as hell. And is that that's not in the books, right? Like well, they jo- can change can, faces, but Jock can change his faces, but he's not as far as as far as we are in the book so far. They're not literally cutting faces off of people and like trading faces, no, are I they? Think is they that are that, that I mean that that clearly happens to Arya in uh, book four or five. She becomes the ugly little girl. Oh, and that's they right. cut okay. her face. So like. They somehow put a uh, somebody else's face on top, physical face on top, but they also cut her a little bit. Um, so she's able to appear as somebody else. Okay. But it the, so, the show's been really lackluster about whether they actually need faces. It seems like sometimes they can do it without taking people's actual faces off. So, um, so right. Because I feel like Jack Jacken's done it before without, presumably, I think, yeah. cutting anyone. Yeah, know. ripping off the face. So. 
Are, are you guys really worried about the science and magic presented in the books? No, and the TV I just, show? I, I think again, there's fucking dragons. There is fucking dragons, yeah, but at the same time, I think you just you can use magic. You just have to have ground rules for magic and never violate right. those well, rules. Well, that that brings me up my point is that I'm kind of like I love universes with rules, yeah. and I love universes that follow the rules. Yeah, and one of my problems with the the storytelling in this season in general is I hate it that the Starks always get it both ways. They're always the ones it's like, Hey, we're making rules about this universe. You're in the night watch. You're in it for life. Eh, but I got killed and I came back. So now I can quit. That's bullshit. Uh, Ari is a good reason going to assassin school. Uh, never mind, I quit. Like it, it just, I, I don't know. There's something about that that really bugs me. Sansa till death to us part. She's you know married yeah. two dudes. Rob Stark, you got to marry one of these phrases. Never mind. I'm gonna, I quit. I'm gonna marry this woman. Oops. But that's different. There was repercussions for that action. Right. No, everybody you're right. Else, everybody else gets like you know, hey, I'm going to superhero well, school, and then and I Ned, quit. Ned, Ned Stark too. Like <laughs> right. there's repercussions for and I think like that's yeah, why, you know, when, when we actions. get to John, I want to talk about it. John gets brought back to life, and it seems like it's no big deal. There's absolutely no price to be paid. This this show, at least the books, have gone out of their way to say there's a price to all magic. Like when Danny uh, burns dragons, it's she murders somebody, sets them on fire, uh, murders her her brought back to life husband and a horse. Like there's a price to be paid for uh, things like this, and it doesn't seem like John just brought back to life. I don't want to get into that, but let's let's keep it back on Arya. Um, I mean, so what I was getting at, what I was getting at, Doug, is that. These last two seasons, it's been a lot of wheel spinning, but I think the larger point was that they were doing this just so she had a story without necessarily having a real point to her story other than she come, becomes a little bit better of an assassin. So it was a way – all these different stupid things they had her do were a way for her to remain within the focus of the viewers right. while just buying time while all these other things develop. I've, that's, I, so I, la- that's so lazy. Yeah, they can use I that agree. opportunity to totally give her some lazy. other kind of growth. I agree, but Especially at the same since time – I hate to – Go ahead. Uh, well, I just I don't want to dwell on the face thing, but really the only way she was successful at the end with the phrase is because of this whole face nonsense, right. which I, I mean, so and she, what she got beat with a stick a couple yeah, times. She could have learned that first day and then, OK, we don't have to spend two goddamn seasons in the We're, house with of black a, and white. She's blind and she's a beggar. I don't know. All of it seemed kind of very much besides the point by the end of the whole arc. Right. Um, I really don't think she's that much of a character than she was before she went to Bravos. She is. No, she's, absolutely. She's always not. like out for vengeance so but now I, she's got faces i think which it's i thought similar. she was gonna oh, sorry go ahead sorry which i thought she was going to learn a lesson from like that's uh, like i thought and maybe her arc was going to be like not like she's not the punisher the punisher is right. not a good thing to be and then there's you know? the inconsistency with like jockin's like comical kind of like yes now you are noah now that you're saying your name like that whole thing almost <laughs> made no like, goddamn sense right oh my god it was i was like are you kidding me is this like are you making fun of yourself at this point is this a princess bride or something like i don't know that, but i think that that's really accurately uh what I, I think brian said at first i think this is a fan favorite character and they just needed stuff for her to do very similar to Tyrion in this season i feel like Tyrion was yeah. given some stuff to do but he was given extra screen time that really didn't do anything or wheel add spinning. to his it was just wheel spinning and and yeah you could almost see where the money was uh spent on this episode and that money they spent on that temple was zero yeah. they they went to fucking bush gardens and hung out underneath the mountain <laughs> well yeah um, i think i think it's the old stuff from legends of the hidden temple yeah exactly <laughs> and then and then like and if you want to get into that they did nothing to establish uh Tyrion and danny's relationship at all no at all they were together like, for what, like a week before she uh, leaves, right? 
And then yeah. like she comes back for a day or two, and then they're, she's he's the hand of the queen or whatever. But they did nothing to humanize him, give him any sort of bond. And uh, yeah, again, I don't think they, I don't think the writers, I don't think they care about that section. So what else do we have to say about Ari in particular? I mean, I, other than wheel spinning, I think that at least now I'm happy she is at least an assassin. Right. Uh, ridiculous guess, uh, ridiculousness of the of her uh, her abilities aside. Yeah, I think I she's going to be a lot of fun going forward. I don't I mean, not, the final, not, not according to me. That vengeance thing she did, like cooking the guys in the pie. You were like, woohoo, that was awesome. No, that's fucking lame. It was it, dumb. It's like a, it's a fairy tale. It, it, it's, um, it's very Shakespearean. And I feel like, it, I think it harkens back to the Red Wedding to a certain extent because it, it's very much like, because if you think about it, the whole thing is like once they serve them food, right? They're supposed to be safe. Right. Right. So, uh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Asterisk on the rules. Ouch. <laughs> Um, so I, I kind of like the food thing, even though it was way over the top. I mean, I thought the moment she got her revenge was satisfying. It's it's very much like the finale for me in general. I was entertained by it. I was satisfied by it. But I also thought that the road getting there was uh, lazy. Yeah, I, I think that's what I like the most about the last two episodes as well is because they I'm not enjoying the journey, but I am enjoying getting to these destinations, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's. It's like we're getting the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, and that's fine. And that's I think that getting the Cliff Notes version is the best we can hope for out of the show. At this point, I agree. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's move on from Arya. But yeah, the the I think the whole pie thing was just done. It was just it, it it was trying to give fan service to the way it's done in the book, which is much better and a little bit more believable. Like people start dis- stop start disappearing, uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just thought it was. Yeah, they're doing a mashup of different plot lines. I mean, that this almost was like Arya towards the end was almost a mashup of Lady Stoneheart, the Manderleys, and then I guess where Arya is going to be in the coming books. Yeah, and so. let's just talk about that before we leave Arya. What do you think she's going to do from here? Do you think I see her like trying to finish up her list instead of trying to join John and Sansa in Winterfell, which seems like the most practical thing to do? The the whole season, the uh, these later seasons seem about characters going apart and coming back together. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up back with the Hound at some point. I think they'll meet Good again, point. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was that like, what's that witch that did the um prediction for uh, the Frog? Yeah, and like that could be either Danny or I guess it could be Arya. It could um, be a whole bunch of people. It's just like the younger, more yeah. beautiful person i don't know All right, not let's large move. march yeah large and, and, march you know gone. one one thing she's she has to reunite with her family at some point i mean she's back and she's already killed walder Frey. so you have to assume that she has some knowledge of the events that have occurred in in s in westeros since she left right or so i mean i have to imagine Which that she you knows wonder why she's not hightailing it back yeah. to winterfell but yeah. whatever and so and so brian and doug what was your opinion about the one stark reunion you we had like people were waiting like i mean I, even I in the books are waiting for them to hook back up i when when sansa meets john at the wall right yeah i like the two characters they decided to do with because they're like the ones like you yeah, probably least very little to, to do now. with each other yeah yeah I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I was so, underwhelmed. Like I heard like reviews and, and articles saying that it was like moving and powerful, and I was like, no, it's kind of. It was just kind of like nice, uh, but like it didn't really yeah. didn't really hit me too much. Um, but let's move on. Let's get some of these minor characters and character arcs out of the way. So, uh, silly or Sam and Gilly, the power couple, 
uh, decide to uh, go to Old Town, but before Sam decides, hey, we're not going to Old Town, I'm going to drop you and the baby off with my dad. They meet Sam's family, everybody's cool except his dad, which is an asshole, we knew he was. And despite the subterfuge that fails, uh, Sam gets his dad to agree to take in Gilly and the babe, but Sam later thinks better of it and sneaks them out, uh, and also steals the ancestral... Valyrian Blade, which we know can kill uh, White Walkers and others, or whatever the show's calling the zombies and their uh, the overlords, the whites, or whatever. Uh, they arrive in Old Town where after hitchhiking, and Sam has to wait around, but while he's waiting, he gets to read a shitload of books. They arrive at the Citadel. Uh, old, yeah, at the Citadel in Old Town, yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so, I don't know. There's not much to say about this. What did you feel about the... I would say the biggest thing was the you know, guess who's coming to dinner scene for these guys. That whole, that whole sequence was unnecessary. I, think. I agree. It accomplished nothing besides Sam stealing the sword. We knew his dad right. was an asshole who threatened to have him murdered. If he didn't join the night's watch and give up his, uh, rights to, uh, it was just another one of these characters that's just like a dick for dick's sake, kind of like just right. out dicking himself the whole time. And I'm, I'm just kind of, tired of that yeah I, I don't really I, I don't know it's my problem with ramsey too it's like he's, he, they right. just made him such an asshole that it, it was just cartoonishly evil they didn't give him any depth and i mentioned that in the books at least sam's dad is a, a hardened battle commander that's actually helping out um you know the crown i think he's on um the lannisters pay uh payroll or something so at least they're conflicted with that he's a like a respected commander in the field here he's just a fucking asshole I didn't. I don't even really understand why we needed so much Sam this season, since the yeah. payoff seems mostly right. just to be to see the Ravens take off at the end. Like right. that really seems to to be the only reason why we're even in Old Town in the last scene. Other than it's to important for us there. to know that he's arrived. I yeah. guess. Well, I think that that Sam's arc in this uh, this season has been to get him eventually to be the maester that helps John defeat the White Walkers, as well as bring uh, his family sword into the mix because. I think he's one of that sword is between maybe five to ten Valyrian steel swords in the kingdoms, which is obviously going to be critical because it's one of the few things that can kill White Walkers. White Walkers, yeah, yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's just moving the pieces across the 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 board a couple of steps, and then they also tried to they tried to do some care. You know, they they do these scenes that are kind of a combination between character development, and I think they think they need to let the audience breathe at certain points. And unfortunately, Sam's generally fall flat because I don't find him charismatic, and I yeah. kind of find him annoying. Indeed. And I think that, and I think Gilly is annoying. I, just, I think he has good chemistry with the guy who plays John. Yeah. But once you remove him from that, it's yeah. it's tough. Yes. For so I think they're just trying to accomplish those two goals, and they kind of accomplish those two goals. I guess, but, but I'd ask really the question about the timeline. Like, what's the timeline? Like, how long does it take to become a master, maester? And then how long is it like how? When I don't these... know that we can question timelines after uh, varies after this oh last. I, I know. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into that, but I want to just talk about like seriously. Like even the show can't like that's fast travel, and I'm willing to forgive fast travel. But how much is Sam gonna? Is it gonna be like Arya or like a Luke? It's Skywalker? gonna be like it's gonna be like Arya, and he's gonna like find something very important, and uh, then have to hightail it back. Yeah, and leave. He's gonna stumble yeah. over a book and be like, "I and, must tell John." Okay, that makes sense. You guys so, all think uh, had... episode uh, season seven episode one ends with. Uh, with with Sam walking down the aisle with his mortarboard on and his chains, <laughs> he's graduated. Right. He got his I, AA at AA at the Meister School. 
Fast if I had to spec, if I had to guess, I bet um, I can't pronounce his name. The uh, Jiraiya. How do you say his name? Jorah. Jorah, the guy with the grayscale. Yeah. Yes. I bet he'll end up in College Town trying to find a cure, <laughs> and then and then he'll end up with the sword from Sam. That and makes like, a lot of sense. They'll be, they'll be like buddies hanging out and help you know help cure leprosy or whatever. Damn snacks! If you got that right, that's a hell of a prediction. Yeah, you heard it here first. All right, so let's yeah. move on. I don't really think there's much to say about those two. Let's talk about the Hound. He's kind of like a leftover. He has his own little adventure that really doesn't intersect with the other. Why was the Hound in this season? I don't know. I think it was just like I really think the Any show up? tried to have like an oh shit moment every episode this season for the most part. Like um, we had like you know people dying. We had Duran die. We had uh, you know Bolton. Uh, Papa Bolton die. We had Hodor get killed. I feel like it was just like they needed like a surprise every episode. But yeah, it seemed like a waste. Why not save this for another season? Yeah, I would have saved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine they're setting something up for next season and they didn't want to like have all the setup. But really, like, think of what he did. He just killed a couple people and ran right. into right. And he didn't Bandaria. really have like a he didn't really have like a story to tell. Like, it didn't no. seem my, like he my, accepted pacifism or anything. It seemed he's like he back was just, to killing, which we we. I mean, he was always killing. So yeah, he didn't weird, seem like, like he was a pacifist at all. Like, right, he was just hanging right, out with no. pacifists and isolationists, and he was just. My my favorite moment of the Hound is when he like pissed on the Lady Stoneheart <laughs> yeah. theory. In all of the fans' faces, right. and I thought that was—I thought um, that was a wonderful fuck you from the uh, writers. Yeah, the writers in the show, the, you know, they try to do these uh, meta moments. Like some people argue that the in the season finale, they said sometimes the old has to end for the new to begin, and some people think that was a uh, meta statement. At one point, Brienne veers off her book plot in like season three or four. And, like, they do this real tedious thing where she's like, should I go to where I'm supposed to go in the books or do I go to a different adventure and meet up with Arya? Uh, so here's the thing is you can do that if uh, what you provide is awesome. But if you, if you shit all over the source material <laughs> I, and you and you can't bring it or elevate it, uh, I don't know. I think you just look like an asshole. But I understand, like, bringing Lady Stoneheart back at this point would just be at beyond the At this point would not make sense. I agree. No, I agree. I, yeah. the, but but yeah. they also... Yeah, I agree. I also agree that it, they're, whatever they're doing there, it might be like a funny joke, but there's not there's not a heck of a lot to it, and it kind of just undermines no. his whole reason for being there in some ways. Right. I feel like Lady Stoneheart is another form of resurrection and would have eased us into uh, John's eventual resurrection. Um, that's my I think that, of it. I think that we're going to see Sandor play a key part moving forward, and I think that these scenes were kind of a check-in on him to bring him back because he, he seemed like he was dead prior. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's ultimately they were trying to accomplish, but like we discussed, hey, he's that, not dead. I know what, <laughs> well, like we discussed in that episode wrap up, they basically spent a lot of time wasting, uh, Al Swearingen's talents. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah. And just kind of spinning the wheels. But I do, I mean, I, I, I it's fun to at least see, have seen the character again this season. And uh, I look forward to seeing the character again. And again, I'm intrigued by him pairing up with the Brotherhood Without Banners. Because imagine if you have the fucking Hound, and then you've got Beric Dondarrion able to resurrect him on top of that. Holy shit. Could be cool. My question is, I, I think he's going to hook up with one of the Stark girls because he had adventures or moments with both of them. He had a relationship with Sansa in King's Landing, and he had yeah. a relationship with Arya on the road. Quick, I'm just going to go around the room. Tell me who you think he's going to be uh, hook up with first or... Uh, at all 
hook up uh, hook up in the uh <laughs> like make out like that no, no, yeah. like i mean like gra- i mean like pound i mean like, just like, like totally finger blast finger blast <laughs> no i mean like be the oh. warrior or, or because he is a killer he's established he's a killer he's not gonna be anything but a killer and even like don darian says you need a fight you're just a warrior needing to fight we've got a fight for you join us but i think he can find a better um person to fight for in either Arya or Sansa but I think Sansa is probably more likely since she's not a rogue person just running around I feel like they could probably meet up with Arya but I I don't see them sticking together for long I don't know how they'd work as a team I have another theory I think that they're going to run into Melisandre as she's riding south and they're going north yeah she's going to come back to play somehow Oh yeah, the, the connection. She's already connected with the brother without banders. Right, she bought Gendry from them a long time exactly. ago. God knows where he is right now, but yes, still rowing, still, still rowing. rowing. Yeah. Row away, Gendry. You're almost there. <laughs> All right, so let's let's uh, go go circumnavigated the globe multiple times. <laughs> that he's gonna, he's the one that gets ferries around where he needs to go. He's, he's like the, the ferry man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, transition to, to the, the north. Past Armada. <laughs> God damn it, guys! Let's keep it together. All right, so <laughs> going back up north, all right, we're going to go, uh, I'm going to break it down to four characters in the north. We got Ramsey, we got uh, Sansa, we got Brandon, we got John. Let's get Ramsey out of the way. No, so, Rickon? We're not going to talk about Rickon. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into Rickon's fucking journey. So basically... You're really going to do a summary for all 23 of the characters no, presented? No, just the, 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 the top ones. Like, I want to I set up what Ramsey's doing. Sorry. He's the bad guy. And I want to set up... Um, uh, you know, John is definitely a main character, and so is Bran, and Sansa is too. And other than that, we're gonna talk about Cersei, uh, Jamie, and Danny, and that's pretty much it. Uh, real no, quick, no Dario segment. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but boy, all right. So uh, Ramsey uh, gets it bitched out by his dad for losing Sansa in the previous season. Uh, uh, Roos informs him that he's about to have a son with that Walda. Um, when his new pal, the Karstark, arrives, one of his switch sides, Ramsey decides to murder his father and stepmother and stepbrother who is born. Um, then later the Umbers join the Boltons and deliver up Rickon and Asha, who come back for like five minutes before they're killed. Uh, and then I'll leave it off there and we'll join Ramsey when we talk about John. So I felt like they just showed Ramsey every episode to like just, just to get you to hate him. But after a while, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, I was this... This guy isn't like he's, I think Bruce Bolton is such a better villain I than Ramsey. Yeah. Like so much more menacing, yeah, so much more calculating, such a bigger presence. Yes, yeah, scarier in his calculations. So when he died, I was just kind of like, oh crap. Okay, I don't know. I agree. Ramsey was a bad bad boy. This this character was so one note. I just never. I you know I I don't know I never like fair it. He, he, in the books he's the character I hate the most too yeah. and not just because you're supposed to hate him it's just like it's uh, monotonous after a while yeah. like it's they, just like we get it we get it right well Rape the one it, thing they did in like yeah he's bad okay like so so in wrestling they call it bad heat it's the go away heat where people aren't cheering you or booing you because they hate you and they're part of the show and they want to boo you they're just not saying anything because they just want you to go away yeah. They want to and I think like everybody just wanted it to go time, away. Right? right. What's that? Like you did with Hunico that one time. Right? That's right. I'll, I'll boo the shit out of Hunico. All right, guys. Everybody, uh, you, you know, Google Unico. Find out what, who that is or what she looks like. All right. So uh, the only thing I have to say about this is I feel like they really set up a chance for, like, some kind of backstabbing of 
the umber like the or the umbers to backstab stab Ramsey and for Ramsey to get some kind of karmic justice and he really doesn't like he's just overwhelmed by uh Littlefinger's uh army at the end he doesn't get any kind of like karmic justice uh I just thought it was kind of lazy he gets and- eaten by dogs I mean that's kind of like on the nose I guess I I really don't feel like that was enough. Um, I think that people on the internet have done enough of these uh, of think pieces on this. And he's just so one note. It was stupid and it kind of ruined that aspect of the show. They could have made him nuanced a lot more easily. Oh, right. and, and you know made him as you know there were they did I think they did try to throw that in a little bit at the end where um, at the end of the season where other houses raised the point that. They'd gotten their their castles back due to the Ramses, but it really, I mean, just a few simple fixes could have made him other than anything other than this complete psychopath, yeah. sociopath. In the beginning, I think if you made him, sorry, go ahead. I think if you made him more nuanced, you would actually think because he was so one note, you just knew he was going to like get it, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, if you made him a little bit more nuanced, you're like, maybe you won't get it, and then that helps the suspense, and then the audience gets more invested, and all the rest of that. The one, no one, no to- other character. No other character in this show has been as one note as Ramsey, and, and it's funny too. At the Even same time, Joffrey, I don't. You're right. Yeah, he, and, and the, he's the he's also been the evil character, quote unquote, that we've been beaten with the most throughout the series. So I just I don't. I mean, again, I guess they were building all this thing that happened. We wanted John to prevail. Hey, this is a great example of good versus evil. This is the only real evil that we have versus probably the only pure good that we have. But God, it. He, just, he was just boring. His 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 one noteness was boring throughout the season. Yeah, like I since said, he's, they since he's away, basically the. Oh, go ahead. Let me just get one point out. In the beginning ahead, of the season, he was mourning the the girl that Theon threw over the fucking uh, wall on the oh. Sansa escape. Is that was that their attempt to give him nuance? Yeah, you think? yeah but they ruined it at the <laughs> end because he's just like, no, feed that bitch to the dogs. That's good meat. Yeah. So like instead of making him like instead of at least giving him like he's a human being who actually cares about other people he's just a fucking cartoonish monster so uh, I think they yeah. they had chances to do it and they ruined it I'm sorry Jeff go ahead this goes oh, this goes I, this back is to a stupid fan fiction point but I he's such the anti John in, right. in so oh, many yeah. ways I briefly thought they were gonna bring him back to life or something like that and we'd have like oh, yeah. another zombie evil character running That'd around be awesome I'm, I'm kind of i'm at least glad, glad they didn't do that like well they did, should... this whole this whole season they've been doing so many parallels like that it's like the ice yeah. and fire thing like on the nose yeah where, where there's so many characters that have like their parallels um and i also find that lazy well right. i think it's, it's definitely part of the series and i think it's when it's done well, it's done really well, and and then there are sometimes that it's just like like the John the John and Ramsey thing, even in the books, I think is a little like yeah, all right, this is hopeful. like how many how many hands of the king are going to be missing their freaking fingers or their hand, you know? Like what? Jamie's, gonna, I think Jamie's going to be like I, I like uh, Davos is going to be the hand of the king of the north, right? And he's Probably. missing his fingertips or whatever. And that's what they call them dickers. <laughs> <laughs> that's in reference to Jamie's, our friend David. No, don't worry about and, it. And then Jamie's going to be king, uh, like hand of the queen. And I almost want like a fucking like uh, rim shot, like a. Um, and it's just it, yeah, I'm just Is that a horse. Was that a rim shot or a horse? <laughs> I, I don't know. Somebody else do a rim shot. I thought Dave would add that. As, uh, excuse me, Doug. I thought Doug would add that. As, that's uh-oh. a rim shot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, all right, so uh, let's just breeze over Sansa. She's annoying. 
Um, she she escapes with Theon, gets saved by Brienne, uh, joins John, wants uh, to message the Blackfish, so he sends Brienne. She sends Brienne after him. Uh, won't tell John that uh, she gets proposed by Littlefinger to help out. She tells Littlefinger to go fuck off. But once John's plan to like rally the North seems to fail, she ends up doing it behind his back. Uh, she brings in Littlefinger, saves the day during the Battle of Bol- uh, Bastards. Uh, but then she gets to her reward is to brutally murder <laughs> Ramsay, which I guess once again is a good thing for a protagonist to do. Um, yeah, to, to like didn't... have joy well, in, Ra- in Ramsay's somebody... case, I think it's warranted. I don't know, I um, but guess. no, it's it, it's like it's it's too cruel. Right, it you is. know, too, it's like uh, I uh, I don't know. We're talking about Ramsay. I don't Disagree. know. Disagree. Uh, but yeah, she and then like I guess Littlefinger is a whisperer to her because uh, Littlefinger proposes to her, wants the says he wants the Iron Throne and wants her to be the queen or whatever, and she's like thanks but no thanks, uh, and then immediately he starts to try to weasel his way into her mind again. Now this is the one thing I want to talk about. Uh, the reason why Sansa doesn't trust John it doesn't make any sense to me, but the only justification I have is Littlefinger planting the seed of doubt when they met in Molestown at the beginning of the season, and then at the end, at the end, towards the end of the episode, she's like, uh, Littlefinger tells her, well, you know, the start, you know, the North should rally around the one true heir of uh, Ned and uh, Stark, not the uh, motherless bastard from the South. So I feel like he's just trying to plant doubt in her head. Um, well, they've established that, um, you know, John didn't do a really good job of listening to her in that scene. Which is kind of a hypocritical kind of reaction to take since she wasn't really forthcoming about, you know, the whole Knights right. of the Vale riding in that she sent away for, which really bothers me. Um, and I'm sorry, but, I don't mean to interrupt Jeff, but I, I know you say that, but at, she she was being real mouthy, but not offering any solutions. <laughs> oh, I so agree. I, I mean, I don't give a shit if if like you want to if, if people take away that he wasn't listening to her she no. wasn't offering anything yeah and I'm once just, once he I'm, said what I'm do i do she, she says i don't know yeah <laughs> well, no. thanks genius well, does, the thing that the even dumber thing is she does know but she's not telling him which i i simply do not yeah, understand it doesn't make sense like and I, I i don't think i think i'm just approaching this from like what they're saying the character's doing not not like what makes sense this is just clearly what they're trying to push the one thing i will say is that john's john's not a really great leader like he no i mean that's made that's made clear but he's kind of screwed up as a leader quite a bit and i'm not saying sansa's a great leader but like if if littlefinger is kind of trying to play that angle that might make that might make a little bit of sense uh that that also parallels danny if we're gonna draw that you know the obvious parallel for john is danny as uh snacks would say and danny's not a great ruler or leader either she's just a great like warrior and conqueror uh that's pointed out several times (laughs) yeah exactly she's great at giving speeches to end episodes that you don't really give a shit about right i think the direction they're giving her is the i think the direction they're giving her is to be like regal and commanding right and it just makes her seem so freaking wooden it makes it seem like she doesn't know how to act and i don't know if terminator movie is any good justification of it but that allows the other like stark heroes like Arya to run around like a maniac uh, and John to do his own thing too, so neither of them have to be the true like. Even though John is technically royalty, as we find out, um, he doesn't want. He doesn't show any aspirations towards power or ruling or being regal at all. Where Sansa definitely does. 
Okay, if we don't have anything else to say about uh, that obnoxious... Can I just ask a really quick question about about Sansa? Okay. Do you Where do you think she's going in the books, and do you think it's going to be anywhere similar to how the show has portrayed her character and her arc? I feel like they've just shat all over her by backpedaling her with Ramsay last season, which is I had a real big problem with that. Uh, yeah. In the book, she's becoming more competent, and she's becoming less of a victim. Uh, they ha- they tried to introduce that in like uh, season four, I think, where she came out uh, from the veil and she was wearing like uh, a black robe, like she had a wardrobe change, which is supposed to for a woman is supposed to signify a significant change in their demeanor, and it made right. you think like she was gonna be in power, she was gonna stop being a pawn and hey, start being a player. But I I'm feel gonna like be that evil was, now. I'm gonna be manipulative. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I like still think figure. that's what. I still think that's exactly what they're trying to do. I think so too, but I really hated the the fucking like reversal of Curse being a victim for one whole season in season five, just to spackle to get this whole thing to happen with the Bolton bastard bowl thing that we had. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I disagree with a lot of this. I think that she is taking more agency. You know, I, we talked about this last episode, but I think that Wait, she is you the one that was just saying that she offered no advice during that whole sequence. Yes. No, no. I mean, agency as far as did ruling. You, did you use the okay. word mouthy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You she, call her mouthy. She got a little sassy. <laughs> sassy Sansa. No, no. I, I do think I think that, again, I think she realizes that she is not in a position to rule armies. But I do think that where we're headed is that she will use her power and influence to tell John. John will be eventually be king of something, and she will become the lady of Winterfell and rule Winterfell. That's my prediction. Um, and listen, I might be out on no, the limb. No, I could definitely see that happening. My, like I said, my problem was this ridiculous backsliding of her character. Like for for, I don't think she backslided. She orchestrated the the no. The I'm talking season five. Ramsey. Season five. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, getting sold five. into uh, you know, a marriage, basically yeah. into slavery, and getting repeatedly raped by yes. Ramsay, and having the, the, to be rescued whenever, whenever, by a man. Whenever a female Theon. character gets raped on TV to try to add depth and dimension to them, I, I have a, I have an issue with that. Like, right. I, I think you want to talk about lazy. I think that's like the laziest, like biggest horrible shortcut. It you seems can do. like irresponsible too, and <laughs> that's the only word I can use. It's irresponsible. No, I, to- I Jeff, that's that a super sense. hot take that no one has taken before. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> All right, let's push past uh, Sansa because she's annoying. And I read it on Jezebel. Let's do Bran. Let's do Bran because <laughs> Bran makes no do sense. Bran. What? Do Bran in two minutes. Okay, so doing Bran in 30 seconds. Uh, flashback device. There's Bran. Right. He is, uh, which we've always just considered flashbacks to be lazy storytelling, but we've decided to do it this season. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you guys watch the after the episode or the inside the episode where they actually said that shit? Uh, basically, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, all right. So I'm lazy and I don't turn the TV off yeah. after the episode. Yeah, my pants are still around my ankles and I can't find the tissues. So that's why they're still talking. All right, so uh, Bran is still under the tree getting uh, – Tutored by the Three-Eyed Crow in lessons in flashback family history, which is all that seems um, to happen. Dave, point of order. Shit. Uh, Doug, point of order. It's actually a raven. Uh, three-Eyed Raven. In the book, it's Three-Eyed Crow. That makes a huge difference. Great. Moving on. Uh, so he sees <laughs> uh, flashbacks of Winterfell and his parents, uh, his, his father and uncles and aunts. Uh, and he sees Hodor. Um, uh I don't know. Basically, he's shown the Tower of Joy for some reason. Uh, once again, we don't know. He's basically just learning stuff. He's learning history. And in the books, it makes it seem like he can control animals and other people. Like, 
being able to work Hodor and other people and other beings seems like it would be more of a powerful thing to have as, as opposed to a history lesson. But regardless, he decides to do some unauthorized tree net internet searches and gets marked whatever the fuck that means by the Night King, uh, which allows the Night King to uh, bypass the, defense, the, the defenses of the hole in the ground. Um, all the whites come in, kill everybody, the Three-Eyed Raven, uh, Summer, because they don't have the fucking CGI budget to even handle dire wolves at all. Get those dogs out of here. Right. Uh, <laughs> all, the, all the children that were there of the forest... Uh, and then Hodor is sacrificed to let him get away, and we learn that Hodor's condition is somehow caused by Bran, which still isn't totally clear. And hold your hold your opinions or comments. Bran and Mira is then are then saved by Benjen Coldhands. Somehow they might have mixed that together. Um, and Benjen said he was mortally wounded, but saved by the Children of the Forest, the same way the Night's King was made. Once again, what the fuck? Tells, <laughs> tells Bran he is now the new three-eyed raven, whatever the fuck that means. Takes the two just short of the wall and says he can't fucking pass the wall, and neither can any of the dead, thank goodness, as long as the wall stands. Which basically is the biggest telegraph that the wall is going to come down. Uh, right. Bran jumps into the tree matrix one last time at the end of the season to reveal the conclusion of the Tower of Joy, and we learn that uh, John is in fact Lyanna's child. Um, R plus L equals J. Go. I love that they don't even bother to cut back to Bran after the flashback. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> he's not important. It's just they just they just flashback and then they just cut to John and that's it. Like it's so clear that he's just a flashback device. He's a storytelling device. Yeah, yeah, that's he's a prop. We don't know even where he was standing in the room during the uh, during the the flashback. Yeah, they, they just give up on him after a while. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a yeah. shit about him. It doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. so lazy, it really irritates me. Also, I hate, I don't want to be like, mm, well, how does this make sense? But like, what is the, what are the rules about the Three-Eyed Raven? Like, it, can they, can they just hook up to any tree? Why, right. like, and as it, my and friend Jim said, why aren't they hanging out in Doran drinking wine, hooking up to the trees? Like, well, it's a weirwood. There was, the, he plugs, right. he do the plugs into the weirwood, okay. but in the, in the books, he sees things through the eyes of other weirwoods. In this fucking situation, he can he go can wherever, go the, wherever the fuck he wants. There were no weirwoods yeah. down in Dorne at the Tower of Fucking Joy. Uh, right. Well, I, well I, that's also probably just for television purposes. It's I just easier to that. portray it that way. Like when you're doing the Ghost of Christmas. Well, I, 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 I just want pages, rules. Just, I want yeah, defined there's a, rules. There's a weirwood in Winterfell. Like, why can't he just go? Like, I don't know. I, why couldn't why, that scene have Why happened? is the Three-Eyed Raven where he is? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. What's Is that just because it's protected? Why isn't he on the other side of the wall then? Like so much of this makes me want to go, huh? Like this is not clearly thought out. It's just lazy. It's just really kind of uh, un. I, I don't know. It just really bugs what, me. What do you think about the hold the door Hodor thing? Because people were like blown away by that, but I was still like scratching my head, going, I guess that's clever somehow, but I don't see how it really makes sense. The only thing I, I, I can I, think is it's a it's a moral lesson for Bran about his ability to jump into people's bodies. That's the only thing I can take away oh. from that. All I hope happens is that every bad decision, every evil thing, every mistake that happens to the Stark family over history was all Bran's fault from time traveling. Yeah. Like, like he was the executioner of his father. Yeah, he, 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 he fucked everything up, and it's all his fault all the time. I did. He, like, he like warged into Joffrey to say, kill him. Yeah. He, he warged into the hound and got his face burned off. Like, every bad thing that happened to everybody in this book. No, no, no. Actually, fault. that's a theory. I love and it. It's a great theory. Uh, the theory goes that, like, 
This is just Bran making different decisions throughout history, kind of like when Homer goes back in time and he just, you know, <laughs> he swats a fly and then he comes back and everybody is, you know, has three heads or whatever. It's just uh, Bran constantly trying to live like in eternity, trying to uh, affect the different outcome for the future and it never works. Um, that's a fascinating idea, but that's definitely not what, not what's not what's happening. It to just me, it just didn't make a lot of sense, and I really don't care. The only thing I care about is how is Bran going to as the Three Eyed Raven? What are his powers? How can he affect things in the real world besides just getting knowledge and telling John, "Hey, John, uh, you were adopted." Great. Like, how, how are they getting anywhere? Like, what's her name? Cannot carry him. I, He's hitting full on puberty now. Like, how are they even gonna get? To the other side of the wall. Somebody, some fucking nerd pointed out that this is the same uh, fucking weirwood from uh, like season one or two where John says his vows. So it's near the night fort. Uh, basically, the, okay. the, the, the hole, the only known passage that we know about on the show between the north and the south, this Castle Black. So it's close to Castle Black. So okay. she's got to carry you, him nerd. a couple hundred yards. Gotcha. Uh, but I, 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 hope, I hope that's how the next season starts. By the way, <laughs> I want to see that. But journey. what is? How does Brand factor into the 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 show or the books? Really? I you know I don't have the slightest clue. I don't think about Brand ever. I, he's going to be involved in the. I mean, we've talked about this to some extent. No, he's going to be involved in the warg into a dragon. I don't know. That's, Doesn't matter. No, that's a very common uh, theory. I mean, that's that can't be um, you know pushed aside or dismissed. But I really he's going to he's going to be instrumental in the wall coming down because that's the only explanation that we have for the wall coming down. There's no reason for the living to go fight the dead if the wall still stands. There's well, magic still okay, protecting. Okay, all right. Everyone. So given that, why did the three eyed raven bring him? What is his? What was the three eyed raven's purpose for uh, training him? What was the three eyed raven just, thinking just that tree, would do? Tree matrix training, I guess. Right. Yeah, like, but there, for what there purpose? are theories. But for what? Purpose? Well, there are theories that that the the three eyed raven and Ben Hands are working against him. Uh, then you also go from the perspective of everything is already written, so which is a, a bullshit cop out for I agree. not yeah, being able bullshit. to explain everything. I, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense because if it did, I think I said this last time on the last episode recap, Bran should just kill himself right now because then yeah. the dead have no access. But that's not the way it's going to happen. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a series of books. So you're saying you're you're saying the Three Eye Raven is essentially the dungeon master moving all the pieces into where they need to go. No, I just think he's a cop out for what the explanation of how he's part of the the cop out of of uh, explaining how the dead pass through this magic wall. So this so just like just like how they got through into the in the forbidden zone of the Three Eye Raven tree base. They're going to be able to get through the other side of the wall. Yeah, I mean, that's, through, that's like the most likely show explanation. And, and he's going to be like, whoops, I did it again. And, <laughs> yeah. But that, and having said that, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to have to pull an Urkel. Did I do that? Did I do that? Is he going to be inside Jamie Lannister having sex with Cersei and pushing himself out the window while it happens? Yeah. He actually shoves That's, that's the only the way he can climax next. <laughs> All right. Uh, I do want to say no. I, that is a great point. the 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 theory that we have now is that uh, brands being marked, quote unquote, will be why how the Night's King and his people can get past the wall. Which okay, that's a possibility. But once again, 
what is Bran? What was the best case scenario for Bran? Like, even if he was able to become the three-eyed raven and live in the hole for ten years and learn everything, what is the best case scenario for Bran? I still don't even understand what the three-eyed raven does. Me like, neither. What his purpose is. I don't I, know. They, and he's dead. And 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 Bran's certainly not. He, all he says is, I am the three-eyed raven now. It's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Well, Benjamin like, told him that. Like it's, a, well, like, it's a title or something. Yeah, but, like, what is his purpose? Like, I just don't understand anything about, other than he's a flashback device. Which but, doesn't even, like, for a while, I was like, okay, he's going to be the reason why John finds out who he is. But right? that doesn't even seem important anymore. Because no. John's a king of the north, and nobody gives a shit that he's he a bastard. He has power in his own right without his Targaryen, uh, whatever, credentials. Right. So yeah, Tarkov. we're just gonna write this off. We don't know what's happening no, with Bran, but we're not. But I think that this, part of this is like part of these things are details in the books that they don't have to have time to full explore, or they don't even know how to explore in the, the TV you're series. The biggest show apologist I've ever seen. Oh, shut the <laughs> fuck up, you asshole! And I'm, I'm also really curious what, how, what happens with the books in this because like the last time we see Bran, he's like meeting the Three Eyed Raven, and that's yeah. it. So and, I, and I'm also fine with them leaving dead strings as long as the main strings move to where we want them to be listen it's a fucking tv show it's not a historical doc i agree i just wish bran had some kind of like i could see the potential or where bran's plot was going i wish i just had some breadcrumbs that made me want to care and i really don't care right now i I agree i'd rather be clear but it's also met it's also created some interesting scenes like the fight of the between the children of the forest and uh you know i mean that scene was incredible like it was yeah, very yeah. suspenseful it was very well done it led to the tower of joy scenes i mean this yeah i, th- I think everybody's kind of writing it off as stupid but it's led to interesting things and who knows where it's going so I'm, i'll give it the benefit of the doubt and again i don't mind if some of these things these subplots devolve into nonsense because shit there's dragons i guess yeah. i just wish they they could just spend a little bit more work to give him a little bit of a story or an arc and it doesn't have to be that involved moving on i want to finish out the north with uh john all right, so John. John starts off dead on the you know ground. Uh, his nat- his night watch buddies and Davos snatch him up and protect him uh, in a hole until the wildlings can come back and save the day and stop the uh, I guess the coup that's going on by um, uh, Alistair Thorne and his cronies. Uh, Davos pleads to have Mel like, hey, why don't you uh, give it a shot? Have you ever uh, tried to bring somebody back? She basically <laughs> he basically just like. Like, I don't know, throws it out there. Like, I don't know how he would know she's possible. it's possible for her to do this. Regardless, Davos throws it out there. Mel tries to do this. John's brought back. Decides to hang Thorne and Ollie, that little fuckboy. Um, and yes, fuck you, Ollie. Yeah, Sansa arrives, and they get the pink letter, um, and they're goaded into uh, taking uh, Ramsay out in Winterfell. Decide they can do it if they can rally enough of the smaller houses. They successfully get the wildlings and then Mormits. Mormonts, uh, bullet Mormits, but uh, they fail to get uh, the Glovers. Um, uh, Fuck you, Donald. Yeah, and they don't. John thinks they don't have enough time to gather more people. So, uh, despite uh, Sansa's willingness that they don't have enough men, John needs. They says they got to do it. John confronts Ramsay on the battlefield. They have a little shit talk. Uh, John underestimates Ramsay and uh, ignores Sansa's warning, vague warnings. Uh, but it's successfully, uh, it is he is goaded into uh, leading a foolishly hasty charge against Ramsay by Ramsay's um, playful murdering of his kid brother Rickon. Um, you know, a great battle ensues, uh, and, and the Stark forces are fucked until, oh, 
Littlefinger comes out of nowhere via Sansa, uh, and his massive cavalry turns the tide. Um, John, with the help of Juan Juan, chases Ramsay back to Winterfell, breaks down the door, and beats the ever-loving shit out of Ramsay, um, and lets his sister murder him. Um, and then, yeah, the only thing after that, he hears um, from Davos that Melisandre killed Shireen, uh, basically takes the middle road and chooses to exile him for the north. And then in the last scene, he is nominated to be king of the north. Okay, so John, what can we say about him? I, I at least, so unlike his sisters, unlike Sansa and Arya, who are now like, you know, death wish people. Yeah. At least John, every time he takes a life, every time he does, anything he does it with a sense of regret like i don't want to do this right. and i'm very ad- attracted to reluctant heroes mm-hmm. um and i think they do a good job of demonstrating that over and over and over again with him yeah when i rob do feel gets like crowned, he has a- when rob gets crowned king of the north he's like smiling or proud of himself john looks reluctant right. and like grave and like it kind of is ringing what uh, Alistair Thorne said in his ear. He's just like, I- I'm going to die. Alistair Thorne tells him, I'm going to die, but they're going to use you to fight their wars for forever. And it's kind of what's I'm, happening. I'm even thinking when he like hangs the people who betrayed him at the Night Watch. He like hung him, but he didn't want to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? There, it's a, there's well, a, it, a, a, it was a total Ned Stark moment. That, yeah, like, I, I, ob- I got to do this. Stark. It's my obligation. It, yeah. Exactly. And I, and I, I like that aspect of Ned Stark's character, and I like his in John too. It's, right? It's, it's, it's an obligation. You don't yeah, kill people for fun. Yeah, you know? it's called justice, justice, not revenge, which is right. what uh, it's the only son left. Bran, and it's Bran, and it's clear that he's like he's the son, even though he's the bastard. He's the one that's like you know the true heir, kind of. But as Snack now, says, um, he's doing he's 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 justice. He's all about impassionate justice. He has to do it. Whereas you're right. Uh, Sansa had joy uh, having the dogs rip apart uh, Ramsay, and Arya is clearly enjoying murdering Frey and the other people on her list. So, yeah. I think a the lot other- of has- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, snacks. No, on the other hand, Jeff, you might be able to explain this better. Like, I had a real hard problems with like the Harry Potter books and Harry's in action. Like, Harry never proactively does anything. He's always the device that like lets you introduce new parts of the universe. And I feel like John eventually is going to have to do something rather than let things happen to him well he's um, been a char- he's been a character yeah he's in some ways he's like uh what's the word um, cypher yes and so he all the all the characters kind of say we need to do this we need to do that and he eventually says okay right he's the so Reeves. you're right he's the kind yeah. of the, the, the he's story. the one right so yeah. eventually he's gonna have to say no we're gonna be doing this this is what i decide especially and especially now that he's in the position to do that right um I think we're going to eventually see that soon. Um, I don't know. That's my theory. So do you think, what do you think happens uh, with John here? Obviously he's going to lead the charge against the Knights or the uh, Knights King and his forces whenever the wall falls or whenever that conflict happens. But in the meantime, like what do you think is going to happen in the Scrabble or the lead up to that conf, that main conflict, which we assume is going to be the, the final conflict for the story as a whole. I think Littlefinger being there at the end really yeah. kind of puts the divide. I th- what I think is going to happen is there's going to be an invasion, right? And the question is going to be, do we do we fight for Westeros or do we fight this other battle you want to fight? I don't, something like that. And he's going to be like, screw this. Who cares? 
like you know the real the real fights up north over on the other side of the wall and other other people are gonna be like no we have to fight cersei or something like that i don't know that's my theory i'm sorry can i can i back up i i, I think that the uh john's arc over this last season was definitely was probably the most interesting arc that we've seen because he went from a guy who was literally dead at the beginning of the season to becoming the king in the north, which is uh, from where he went from being the bastard of Winterfell. His mother rejected him. He, you know, when in the this last episode that highlighted how when the Starks would sit up at the uh, at the to eat, he would have to sit off to the side. And now he's the king of Winterfell, and he's the king in the north. He has all these houses behind him, despite the fact he's a bastard. His him earning power seemed. Um, as authentic as anyone's power in this show, and it's a very stark cr- contrast to the way I feel that Danny's earned her power. So I'm excited, and I'm actually really on board with John's rise to to this last season. And I think that out of anybody, listen, John's uh, some of his choices are stupid, but I think he's displayed the most, probably the most courage and the most honor out of any of these primary characters that we've seen. So I, even though he's boring and he, listen, he's, he's the emo, the Westeros version of an emo. <laughs> I think, I think he is probably the most, um, but so uh, was Ned Stark and Ned Stark's head ended up getting chopped off because yes. it takes more than honor. But that's the thing is I think John has that, uh, I guess X factor. I don't know what you want to call it. He mm-hmm. is more pragmatic. He's pragmatic and honorable somehow. So he's not, uh, I don't know. I don't, I mean, but he he flew in the face of that when he charged to, uh, you know, try to save Rickon, and then after yeah. That, well, hopefully that's yeah. a lesson learned. But moving forward, I, I disagree with where I think uh, Jeff said this was going. I mean, I think it, again, my prediction is that you know, I think it's going to be seven episodes and six episodes in the next two seasons. Uh-oh. I think it's it's going to be the next seven. Next season is going to be the Battle of Westeros. While we see the uh, the White Walkers kind of looming and becoming more and more of a threat, and at the same time we see the wall come down, and then going into the last and eighth season is we see the living versus the dead. I, don't oh, no, think- I totally agree with that. I, I okay. just think that John is initially going to want to go north, and he's going to be dragged into the conflict of Westeros kind of against his will. I would agree with that. I, don't, I, I could be wrong, that, but because I there's got to be more totally right conflict just- before. There's got to be more conflict for John. He's got to be torn. I, it's going to become. They're setting it up as I think uh, Jeff already said with Sansa and Littlefingers. Right. That's going to be like the conflict at the first couple episodes. And I, I could see that. I, and and I think that what might have was really good illustration of that theory is Jeff is this last scene where they declare him king of the north. Is that you know he oh. wasn't telling everybody what the actual conflict was. He's speaking right. these uh, kind of uh, obtuse metaphors. I've seen what the real battle is or whatever. Yes. But he, he doesn't say, hey, there's a bunch of fucking zombies. There's zombies. <laughs> or, hey, hey, Cersei's a real bitch. You know, like, there's, he doesn't make it clear at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I do I do think that uh, I agree with you I, that there could be some kind of conflict. And then, but eventually I, had to, I think we're headed to where uh, I think we're headed. But, yeah. I, I just want to say I also agree with you about the moment he becomes king. It's totally, it's like the most, in my opinion, it's the most character-based and most earned moment in the whole season yeah. um it, it was really kind of like something like it, i and i liked the episode a lot but that was the one moment i was like really it just that and actually tom and suicide i i really yes. liked yeah. i really suicide liked it was I, done awesome it was tom yeah. and suicide was awesome that gi joe green ship blowing up was the worst <laughs> plot device of all time but tom and suicide <laughs> was awesome 
Yeah, those two moments felt very authentic, very earned to me. Um, mm-hmm. More more so than a lot of the other shows. So I, I just I totally agree with that. Cool. All right, so now we're gonna go down to King's Landing and find out what the fuck's going on there. We're gonna uh, get Jamie out of the way, and then we're gonna talk about the High Sparrow, and then the Queen Badass Cersei. All right, so Jamie, fresh off his awful fucking trip to Dorne, which nobody. <laughs> wanted and we're gonna talk about Dorne in a sec actually let's talk about Dorne right now before we go any further no. <laughs> you guys care to comment on Dorne at all I I I was I mean I'm really disappointed with what they did with Dorne last season and I, I really was continued to be disappointed with what they did this season so, I, I felt like Dorne and the Iron Islands were kind of the same in some ways I agree they I've said that touched. before yeah. hmm? I even commented that on a previous episode if you listen to the whole thing I I did, and I agree with you. It was one of the moments where I was nodding my head. They they just kind of touch on them to that be like, oh yeah, no, these guys are here, and we need them to be here. But there's no, like, I, there's just no kind of motivation, or there's no character there. No. It, they're just there as threats, and that's it. Right. And they're, they're very threats lame. to the characters that we actually care about. Exactly. Yeah. But I think if they actually do listen to fans. They heard all the fans after season five say, this is the dumbest shit we've ever seen in this series. It's boring. Everyone hates it. Hey, how can we make this better? Oh, there's one scene the entire season. And guess what? Lady Olena's on there roasting them. And then Varys shows up and promises blood and fire. Fucking perfect. Good. Done. Right, right. But this, but once again, that's only after they fucking bumbled it up. So it's not like... what What have they been doing since like see episode one like i just i don't know not that i really wanted to spend that much time with them right. given how much it screwed up but i just feel like they like yes they mishandled it and they're trying to hit the reset button but i felt like there was another they, i don't know there's Plus, things they could have done better yeah let's not but let's, what though what though you know i agree you, i feel <laughs> like the best case scenario after they fucked it up you have to have the caveat that they fucked it up so bad that this was the best case scenario was just simplified and moving past it like it never like it never fucking happened. Now, uh, obviously, Dorn is boring and <laughs> like way too. I felt like it was tedious in the books. Like I didn't want to get to know a whole other house in book four. I really didn't. I I'm like the one person. I think that actually liked Dorn in the books, but I won't talk about well, that. Well, at least but, it was, yeah. I, I will give you that. At least it was, it was plotting. And I did like when you found out that Doran was a schemer and he has these really yes. long cons going on. And that, that to me felt like it made it worth it reading it in the books. You know, right. I hated it at the time and I grew to like it. I grew to appreciate it, let's say. Um, but yeah, this is just so I, I could give a shit about anybody in Dorn. Um, and I'm just glad it's over with. So I, I guess I agree with you, Brian. Um, but it's just a shame that it was so mishandled. Yes. All right, so let's get to Jamie. So Jamie comes back from his horrible season five debacle in Doran, uh, and he repledges his loves to Cersei on the backs of Marcella getting murdered by the Sand Snakes. Uh, Jamie then, uh, you know, leads the Jamie march. fucks up again. He fucks yeah, up Jamie's again. Jamie's like Gilligan at, at this point. <laughs> do, do you know shame, fellas, talk about how, like, Jamie's the best character in the books? Yes. And, like, just treated, like, terribly in the show? Brian, have like, I ever gone on any Dug Yes. They don't spend any time or energy on him at all. Brian, have I ever gone on any Doug rants about Jamie before? Uh, every episode. <laughs> Doug gets upset about Jamie because Jamie is such a great character in the books because they actually make you care about him after they start off the first thing he does is try to kill a small child 
and they yeah. bring him back and you care about him and he's trying to be a good person and he's not perfect. And, and every time he tries to do something noble, something terribly shitty happens. Yeah, to him. and it's not every his time. Fault. It's it, it, he's the uh, you know he's like the uh, knight of infinite uh, regression. Basically, he's trying to fight this like he's trying to be noble for his own uh, purposes, and he's not succeeding in anybody's eyes. Like people still shit all over him, call him the Kingslayer, but he's he has this internal kind of like uh, struggle to be a better person. And I find it fascinating in the books, and I really love him. He's one of my fa- He is probably my favorite character in the book. Uh, but yes, thank, he- you, thank you, Snacks, for helping Doug reach the quota of <laughs> Doug going Rant. off on how much he hates TV Jamie. It's <laughs> an air horn sound. Jamie yeah. rant. <laughs> Before we go any further with the Mike Jamie drop. rant, I got to say, spoiler alert, if you haven't <laughs> read the books or seen the show, we will spoil most of that for you here today. Jesus so Christ. <laughs> Jamie uh, then decides he fucks up again, as that's that's his theme for this uh, season. He fucks up again, and he leads the uh, Martell forces in a march against the High Sparrow. That ends up uh, failing, and he gets his Kingsguard position stripped from him. Uh, but he's then told to uh, to command the forces in the field, and he goes to take River Run. Essentially, it's a plot device to get him out of the city and away from Cersei. Um uh, where he basically tries to treat with Blackfish, it doesn't work. He meets with Brienne. Uh, Brienne proposes that, hey, let the Blackfish surrender, but take his army up north to uh, help his uh, niece Sansa. Uh, John says, or er, Jamie says, okay to this, but that also fails. And Jamie is only able to take the castle after threatening to murder Edmure's uh, small son. Uh, trebuchet, baby. Trebuchet it <laughs> against the walls. And that seems to have worked. Um, after afterwards, uh, you know, he's celebrating with the the phrase at the twins, um, and he doesn't like the comparison that Walter Frey makes with himself and Jamie. And I guess that's the impetus for him to take a look at his life at this point. I guess. <laughs> oh, he also he also eyeballs uh, in disguise Sansa. In disguise Arya. That's a really disturbing scene. Right. <laughs> in yeah. retrospect. We're like, is it like his night skills noticing something's off? Or is it him checking out a 13 year old disguise? Yeah, because well, I, think that, I think that she is staring at him yeah, and she's sizing it. him up, realizing oh, okay. who he is. So that, you know, obviously if she's paying attention to him, yeah. he's, he's going to pay a little attention to her. He's, he's, feel, he's felt kill me eyes before. And he's. Yeah, uh, and he's, he's getting sexually. Catching <laughs> a whiff of it. Right, uh, but yeah, he's and then he heads back to King's Landing in time to see, uh, you know, the Sept of Baylor still smoking and Cersei getting crowning herself, and he seems like. No, he's... I like. Okay, I, I like that. I like that scene for him. Yeah, like I that, agree. That look well, finally, sense. it gives him a reason That's not what to I, love Cersei. Thank right? you, Jeff. And gives, Finally, there's a rift him. between the two. I've been wanting that for seasons now. Yeah, why is it taking this long? I God knows, know. but. And the performance he gives, like that look he gives has so many different layers that it's uh, uh, the rest of the time he's going through the motions, but it seemed like he was trying there. He brought it. I agree. Yeah. And, and that's all there um, is to Jamie. Uh, go ahead. I, I, I think it's setting up that, um, that he might have to kill Cersei. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We, we speculated that on this, on this yeah. podcast. And I think that is coming and, but I think Jamie's uh, arc was disappointing that we didn't see, I, 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 Doug and I disagreed as to the level of of Jamie attempting to become a better person. 
whether he's uh, actually headed down the path of redemption that he appeared to be in the books. But I think, again, his character was more of um, we need to move him out of this place or this other thing can happen rather than him actually affecting any change to the story, which is right. kind of disappointing. Um, but it is what it is. Um, hopefully we'll start to uh, see it. I, I mean, I think we're going to see some conflict between him and Cersei next season that's going to be uh, pretty goddamn intense. So I'm looking forward to that, even though this was wheel spinning on his part. Yeah, I think this is really similar to uh, what I talked about with Sansa. I feel like we're getting to the same place in the books where Sansa is becoming more of a player instead of a pawn. Uh, and Jamie's starting his redemption arc, or at least is severing himself from Cersei. But I just don't understand the delay. Um, besides... Small pr- go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no well, finish I- what you're saying. No, listening to your guys' show, I understand the delay. It, it can't be like the grand finale of a fireworks display every goddamn episode. You know, like you, you, um, Aziz Azaria has a bit like that. Like he hates guys at strip clubs that yell like, take it off right away. It's like a performance. It's a dance. No, it takes but like, a little bit I, to get there. I wanted there. to see the slow, uh, the slow uh, build of Jamie questioning his sister and just kind of being like, oh, I don't know. And then like trying to be a better person and, and like a slow evolution of his character. And I feel like it's all going to happen at once now. It all, yeah, it all happened like instantly. As right. Soon as in one goddamn and scene. Like, oh, and I don't like that. Oh, she's evil. Oh. Right. Now, like, yeah. I don't like her. Been. The scenes that you could have argued were, in fact, the fact I have to say the scenes that you could have argued uh, pointed to his redemption point actually indicates that. We have seen no definitive evidence of his redemption until now, right. other than potentially the scenes with Brienne. Right, the scenes, uh, the scenes with Brienne. Yeah, those are the only ones. And then, is, like, is, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Which uh, is so far uh, off from the book, and and, and also uh, Doug's weekly rant as well. Yeah, which I consider authoritative. <laughs> it is pretty authoritative. Go on, snacks. Uh, 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 nothing. I do like the aspect that he like the whole reason he became Kingslayer was to keep the city from burning yeah. down. And then he and comes then home and the city's burning down. And yeah. I know you don't want to get lost in the nitty gritty details here, but um, after you killed that king because he was going to burn the city down, why don't you, you, you know, defuse the bomb? Uh, like, why, why, why are you hanging on to all that wildfire? Yeah, I don't know why well, that, he didn't. He didn't tell that, Robert and said, hey, we got to take care of this, uh, you know. This yeah, we gotta get rid of this disaster. shit. Well, they were—they've been making more, right? Ever since Tyrion was the hand. I, is oh, that, okay. Yeah, some but that I guess, but that problem. wasn't really taken into account because it seemed like Cersei at one point. We'll get to it when we recap her. Says, "Oh, I heard these rumors." Or, or Clyburn okay. says, "Those rumors that you were telling about—they're true." I hated now, that if scene. they were rumors, they wouldn't be the fucking wildfire that Cersei is asked to be produced since the Battle of the Blackwater. It would be the stockpiles that are left from King Aerys. But yes, and uh, you know, you right. know, Stax brought up something interesting here that I don't think we discussed on our recap episode is the uh, interesting parallels uh, between the Mad King and Cersei. We definitely have and talked that, about that. You've just been asleep at the wheel. Ooh, <laughs> wildfire burn. Podcast canceled. <laughs> After ten episodes, you guys got all catty. No, no, no. I don't think that. I don't think that we really went into that. Uh, to we the didn't extent. go in any depth, but I told you I wanted yeah. her. I told you at the beginning of the season I was disappointed that I thought that after Marcella's death, uh, Cersei would be going even crazier than she's been before and even more vindictive. And then when we found out about the wildfire, like I, I thought we made connections that she would be Ares 2.0 or she would be the Mad King. 
I don't uh, think that remake. we have hammered that. The, the the interesting. So I don't think we've put it. Okay, maybe we've discussed the. Uh, we haven't put a, a fine a point on it, in that Jamie spent and lived his, almost his entire adult life with this reputation as the Kingslayer, and what he did as the Kingslayer is to prevent the entire uh, King's Landing from burning down due to a crazy leader. And so now his sister turned into the crazy leader who burned King's Landing down. All right. Well, not all of it, but a good portion. But yes, absolutely. The parallels are there, and I could definitely see. And that's the part of the prophecy that Maggie the Frog makes, but I don't think they mention that part of the prophecy on the show. I think they just talk about her kids being killed. I think the Maggie the Frog prophecy in the books definitely uh, mentions that she will be... uh, strangled by the hands of the Valenquar, which is Valyrian for little brother. Uh, so yeah. that Jamie so now, is technically so now we've the got Jamie, brother. Now we've uh, got Jamie returning to the to King's Landing and he's seen the like his worst the worst vision possible for King's Landing has occurred. And it's something that he's ta- he's prevented in the past and he's taken shit his entire life for for preventing the one thing that is actually was a redeeming quality. And the one thing I don't understand is why Jamie and I know they kind of broached this topic with his conversations with Brienne, why he doesn't have like a street team out there publicizing the fact that he he personally essentially saved King's Landing in the past. Because I've never understood that character. He's not Tyrion. Uh, you know, he doesn't think, period. He's just He just kind of acts, and he doesn't worry about PR uh, like Tyrion does in Marine, which we will get to, so hold tight to that thought. So oh, moving okay. on. <laughs> moving on, we got to keep this on track. Can I make one really quick Absolutely, uh, prediction? And I have one other uh, brief comment. Yeah. Uh, Doug's a dipshit. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Um, everybody's kind of hyping up uh, a, a Hound Mountain battle right. in the future, possibly. Yep. I think it's going to be Jamie in the mountain. I think the two of them are going to face Tussle. off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't really talk I about in the right. show how, like, in the book, he's actively trying to learn to fight with his left hand, and he is terrible at it. So in the right. show, they haven't even shown him trying to improve his. Like there was right. that one scene last season with Braun. I think they tried to fight and Braun kicked his that ass. That They never that was revisited. His training. It. Well, yeah, and they I mentioned know. they mentioned that Braun's going to be his hand. So I, I kind of like Jeff's idea and taking it a step further and having it be Braun and Jamie, and then Braun can die and everybody. You can have that death for that episode and everybody can get fucking sad or whatever. I'd rather um, Jamie dies on Braun. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> Yeah. I, I actually just crown. bought Braun on the Iron Throne at the end of exactly. the whole <laughs> No, I'm actually not. That's not That's not real. Anyway, Braun the Sassy. <laughs> sassy pants. First sassy of Braun. his sassy name. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Queen Bitch of Fuck Mountain. So <laughs> it, listeners of the podcast know that I was uh, let down by how ineffective Jamie was, but also how ineffective Cersei was. And goddamn, they were just saving it up for the finale. So let's go through Cersei's fucking uh, evolution here. So fresh off the walk of shame, she learns of Marcella's death and is distraught and kind of like doesn't know what to do when she's obsessing over the prophecy that predicted that all three of her children would die. Um, and while she's doing this, she, you know, Jamie comforts her and says, you know, fuck everyone who isn't us, you know, we'll, we'll be fine, which... It's shocking they, that he they, changes his they mind. They hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> they hate us because our anus? No, they ain't us. Oh. Okay, anus. They hate okay. us? <laughs> Moving on. They hate us. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she gets obsessed with people talking shit about her, and we learn that uh, later it's confirmed that she sends Frank and Gregor out to kill people that are talking shit about her, like that guy with the prosthetic dick 
in the uh, wine sink just or that, whatever. Just that one guy, though. Yeah, just like, that one guy. Killing, but they, was he killing more people, or is it just that one guy? I think, like, I've never really... I think we're led to believe that she's being petty uh, and sending him out, yeah. maybe at least for that one guy, if not more. Uh, yeah. But she does learn that Vari's uh, little finger, uh, little birds have been inherited by Kyburn, uh, which is also powerful, and she sets them flitter, uh, twittering. We don't know what they bring back, but basically the little birds are now in Kyburn's control, and Kyburn's in Cersei's control, so she, that's another thing, but that really doesn't come into play. She tries to take part in small council's meetings and is rebuffed, and they just like, well, we don't. the small council doesn't have to meet here. We're just going to get up and go. It's like uh, you know, in high school, if she were to sat down at like the cool kids' table, and the cool kids just say, yeah, you can sit at this table, but we're not going to be here, loser. Uh, so she's rebuffed and, you know, basically placated. But at one point, meeting with her son, trying to console him, and her son, Tommen, is getting, uh, you know, whispered in the ear by the High Sparrow the entire time. Tommen says he has a secret he's not supposed to tell her. And I guess the secret is that Marjorie's going to take the walk. Shame. Cersei develops a plan that, uh, you know, we need to stop this. Uh, and she brings it up to Elena and the small council and says, we're going to stop this. We're going to send the Tyrell army against um, the High Sparrow. The High Sparrow sees this coming you know, and stops the whole thing. And because he has successfully turned her son, Tommen, to the Faith of the Seven, he's also trying to, uh, just to touch on what he's doing, uh, he's also trying to convert Marjorie, whose large Marge goes along with it in order to just save her brother, but she has other plans. She's being sneaky. Uh, she's able to get her aunt Olena out of the city, um, but she doesn't really talk to Tommen about her sneaky plans. So I feel like Tommen goes in hook, line, and sinker, and this is what we get. Uh, Tommen is basically in the High Sparrow's pocket. Cersei is obviously distraught, uh, and at one point the High Sparrow tries to send thugs to collect Cersei, but she fends them off with Frank and Gregor, who promptly tears off one of the, <laughs> the dude's heads, which is awesome. Uh, talk but, shit, get hit. <laughs> talk shit, get hit. I did write that down at one point. Um, yes. Thank you, uh, Brian. But this uplifting moment is short-lived as she learns that Tommen has again sold her out by siding with the High Sparrow and outlawing trial by combat, so she's kind of fucked. Kyburn informs her that the theory that he heard is true. We all started guessing at this point it's probably Wildflower. And sure enough, the day of the trial comes, and instead of uh, showing up to the trial, she puts on a badass uh, <laughs> Darth Vader yeah. outfit, starts yeah, cracking Darth a bottle Vader of outfit. wine... And has uh, Robert Strong prevent Tommen from going to the Be- Septa Baylor. So, and also at the same time has Kyburn murder Pycelle. And sets off an explosion at the Septa Baylor, killing uh, Mace Tyrell, Marjorie Tyrell, Loras Tyrell, all the sparrows, all the Septas, that, at least according to her. Uh, and most importantly, the fucking hypocritical piece of shit High Sparrow. Um, and she celebrates her victory by gloating Kevin, over a Kevin Septa. Lannister. Kevin Lannister as well, and Loras. Specifically yeah. Loras. Uh, not Loras. Uh, Lancel Lannister. Mm-hmm. So she's a kinslayer. Um, so uh, she gloats. She celebrates her victory by gloating over the Septa that was her jailer uh, and gets the I'm mountain. glad I'm not the only one that thought that scene was weird. I'm glad you guys thought it was kind of It, it was strange. strange and weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I was it's, just... It, it, Jeff, it comes back to the one dimensionality. They just turned her into a supervillain, man. Right. And, she, like, and basically, she has to take the place of Ramsey. Now that Ramsey isn't here, she is going to be right. the supervillain, right? 
Yeah, yes. but I just don't know what the hell the mountain is doing. I, I don't either. How is he going to torture her? It's just weird. All right, uh, let me finish this yeah. really quickly. I'm just going to finish this. I thought, well, no, I, I saw on Reddit that he was just tickling her. So yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I mean, you guys are joking, right? I thought he was raping her. That's what. I, that's the only thing we know in the books that, uh, like, obviously, like Gregor when he was alive, he would you know kill people, and he you know tortured his little brother Sandor by burning his face off in a goddamn hot fire. So I guess he's he a is zombie now. Like, that's what, what I don't understand. And we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I think All in the right. show he's been portrayed by a robot. Dead. So I don't know why he should be torturing people if he's a robot. He's just gonna be doing what he's told. Uh, anyway, so while she's gloating over the Septa, Tommen uh, is distraught and he's left alone and decides to kill himself. So the prophecy has come true, Cersei has lost all her children, and she seems completely transcendent of guilt. She doesn't feel anything, it seems like, but like hateful rage and vengeance, and she's kind of like past it all. And I really, and she crowns herself Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, and I really think she's going to be the, uh, you know, super cartoonish bad guy going forward until she's killed. Um, But that's where we leave her in the show. Um... I'm excited to see what she'll do, but you're probably right. They're probably just going to turn her into a cartoon as well, and she's not going to be a great bad guy, which is what I like about her. So go. I really hope they give her something to do other than being pure evil, because I actually really like, and I think I'm in the minority, I actually like Cersei a lot as a character. I like Uh, her as a character in the book. I find the performance uh, the the actor is given as wooden as hell. Yeah, I, I don't think she's as bad as some people make her out to be. Yeah, I, at times she does seem very wooden, but I feel like she was she was good this episode. She, this she, episode is good. Yeah, yeah, she had that kind of like, um, you know, the facial uh, orgasm that she has as she watches the <laughs> the Sept blow up, I thought was pretty great. I don't well, know. I, what about I the Sept blowing up, Jeff? Isn't that just the laziest goddamn plot device? Well, it just ties up all these loose ends. It's just like all these it, people they didn't also, know how to wrap up. They're just like, okay, we'll just kill them all. Yeah. And I think that's also canon. And I don't know that I agree with you, her, you assessing her performance as wooden. I think that she's good. I mean, I, I think that I she, she, her face is constantly trying to convey this thing that she's in charge and she's the baddest bitch in town. But also, at it's moments... Yeah, well, she's trying to suppress. I feel like she's always trying to suppress whatever emotion she has. So that yeah. makes like the tiny like micro-expressions that she has more important. Uh, yes, exactly. Maybe I haven't been, since I haven't watched all the seasons. I don't see it. She's uh, trying to be. She's trying to be wooden, or, or she's trying to be stoic. I mean, that's what a control. royal does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And but you see these like moments, like and other people have done it with a little more like a flair, like Marjorie a couple episodes ago when she was shifting back and forth between uh, deference to Septa, the Septon, and then trying to convey to her grandmother shit was going down, and also be terrified. I think. Cersei does that on a, like an even smaller scale. I think she. I, I mean, listen, snacks. I don't. I haven't seen anybody criticize her acting performance. But then again, you enjoy professional wrestling, so I'm not sure what you're I do. I do. Oh, good acting. I mean, what if John Cena was in that role? Would you like that? Probably. John John Cena was a fantastic actor in that uh, Amy Schumer movie. He was like the best part. But Snacks, <laughs> I, I know you had problems with the new Judge Dredd movie, but she was the bad guy, and I thought she did uh, an adequate job of being a psycho. No, that's a good that's a that's a good that's a good example. She played icy again in that movie, and she was just a different type of icy. Yeah, I think she's typecast um, as an icy person, an ice princess, I guess. I guess I'm not appreciating the little nuances she's 
getting because for example like Tyrion he had jack shit to do this season and when he gets that pin he is such a layer of like feeling and emotion in a terribly written scene in characters that have no relationship as far as the show that we've seen together but he makes you care when he's giving chicken shit and I, I don't I don't I don't see it in her that's fair. So it's the Cersei, this, she's gone. I think the book Cersei was a little more sympathetic in that she thought that she was great and um, she was not presented the opportunity to be great by the by virtue of her husband. And virtue by her sex. Yeah, yeah. you can sum it yeah. up by patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. So this, I think that uh, it's interesting that she's trying to break out of the patriarchy and become the uh, the all all the Darth Cersei at this point. But at the same time, but she's I, very androgynous. She almost looks like a man with her. Short well, yeah, haircut. I mean her, her outfit uh, completely resembles Tywin Lannister's outfits during the show. Via Reddit. Even Tywin Lannister. Huh? Via Reddit. I saw that where somebody like put the two pictures together of Tywin's outfit as the hand of the King and her like That's dark. That's really interesting. They, they're I almost see identical. That. Huh. Yeah, I mean, he wore like black chest plates. He right. he was never adorned in gold like the rest of them were. Um, I haven't seen that. I'd like to see that photo. Um, but so I think it's it is interesting that she's trying to break from this like the patriarchy to become what she thinks she deserves to be. But at the same time, as we've seen throughout the series, all of her power grabs have resulted in tragedy. So I think it's it, the 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 fact that she is like this self defeating piece of crap is interesting, but now she's at the top and she, I mean, this is headed for a brilliant implosion or explosion at some point. So I, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens with her. She's always been the character that has been isolated based on her own decisions. Like she isolates herself because she's paranoid because, because she's a schemer and because she knows everybody's out to get her and because she's smart about knowing that they're out to get her. So she just completely isolates herself. And as she does that, you know, and the one thing that either, you know, the faith militant were everywhere this season. The one thing that you guys kind of touched on a little bit last week and that I was really disappointed with is the idea that, and this goes back to the whole lazy thing, the idea that they she can just wipe them all out in one explosion. I, I, I mean, isn't, aren't there more like in the, and yeah, I hate yeah. to be like, well, in the books, you get the sense that this, you know, the, the, the religious order isn't just like this rogue group of like weird cult leaders. It's a popular it's, uprising. It's the people. Yeah. I mean, and it's because it's because of her and her inefficient, poor ruling and yep. her and the rest of the Lannisters really. So I, I don't know. I, at the end, I wanted there to be a really unsettling feeling. And there is a little bit when she's taking the iron throne and I want the rest of the kingdom to be like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. You don't really get that sense at all. Well, so, I get the sense I like that, that like, makes it even, even more it... dangerous. If she's in that power and everybody hates that she's in that power, that's just a catalyst for horrible horribleness. And I think they kind of skimped over that. Well, I think that she's just fucked from like a, a number standpoint. I mean, oh, yeah. Danny seems like she she's no- a juggernaut coming on. So we know that her reign as Queen of the Seven Kingdoms isn't going to last. It I just mean- sets up it just sets up her being the new Mad King even more, yep. right? Because he was also yeah. doomed and he was like, well, right? fuck this, burn it all. Yeah, exactly. Right? If I can't win, no one can win. It's like it's like me with a uh, Trevor Pursuit uh, table. I'm going to flip that shit. If oh, I, don't think I, I will win. fuck up a risk game if I'm about to lose it. <laughs> Burn it all. All right, all right. Anything else to say uh, about Cersei before we move on to the Marine in the East? So, yes. I, I mean, does anybody disagree that Cersei is not headed for death in the next season? 
I can see her ending at the end of next season. Because like if she's like if she's the main heavy next season. Yeah, she'll and, die. Like, the and then season. and then the the following season, the main heavy will be the Night King. Right, right. So, As you laid so, out, Brian, you you even said this next season will probably be the battle for Westeros, whereas season seven will be the battle for uh, the Living versus the Dead. I completely yeah. agree, and I think the bad guy for the battle for Westeros will be Cersei. I, I, and you I, know I, what? Get, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, so and what I think the last couple episodes have done in particular, is that we know what the bullet points are, but they've presented them in interesting ways or moved them up or shifted them backward in different ways. Like, I think we all knew Tommen was going to die, but we had no clue that Tommen was going to die that way. Completely surprised. So, And so, like, my hope for the series moving forward is that we hit these interesting, uh, or we hit these these bullet points or we go down the path where we all expect it to go with some minor intrigue here and there, but if they do it in different ways, which the last couple episodes of the season did it in interesting ways. So I'm hopeful. I mean, I think um, there's no question that we're going to see Cersei die. I just hope that they do it in an interesting way. And yeah. for people who don't know the like the legend of Valonqar and all that kind of shit, the interesting way would be for Jamie to kill her ass. You know, the, that that's where I think this thing is headed. And and before we, th- that's a good point. That's a good point, Brian. Uh, before we jump to Marine, can we talk about how terrible the goddamn explosion effect was? That they must have. Oh, ble- I disagree. Yeah, I, I the- actually like the miniature feeling of it all. How like it looked like a miniature getting blown apart and uh, seeing the stones fly. Um, I, I, I hated. I hated. I hated watching the people getting like. Oh, oh man. no! Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I hated was, that, that. I hated the that shots of inside it's, the it set. It was like seeing fun. like yeah. Seeing like, like the high sparrow disintegrate, I thought that was like right. gratuitous and that dumb. Right, it was like no watching way. Spawn, it was like man. Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh no, so they, Indiana they Jones are... was better than that. Indiana Jones and the Alien, uh, whatever that oh, movie God. was called. Crystal Making another one. What the fuck is wrong with you, idiots? <laughs> um, It'll work this time. Trust me. Oh yeah, no. And it's it's really funny. It's like they they like have X number of dollars for the season, and they're like, okay, we need at least one battle at least around this time of the season otherwise people are going to tune out because right. we need to like pay them off um and then like it's like oh what do we do about her riding on the dragons ah eh, fuck it here's a nickel figure it out oh what do we do about the explosion of the sept ah eh, fuck it you know here's a I, little I, bit I, of money i, I feel out. like i'm really worried because of the budgetary concerns because every, it's like every season these actors have got to get paid more money unless their agents suck yeah. ass. yeah no actually so, they're going from they're going up to like the the main five or six people are going from like three hundred thousand an episode to like five hundred thousand an episode. Yeah, in the last season. And the thing is with HBO, I don't know that their revenues are increasing yeah, at this point. I can't understand. The, like, there's the only they've got to be saturating yeah. the market for how many people they're getting for subscribers, right? Yeah, and you know, up until recently, my subscription came through my my father-in-law and then after that it came from a certain gentleman whose initials are rh and he's a bald fella and, and today <laughs> might be his birthday That's funny. I, happy birthday I also, I also enjoy uh miss the birthday boys uh, and then uh actually it stopped working for me i didn't know what happened so i just subscribed to it because you know, at this point, I, I kind of feel bad because I've enjo- enjoyed <laughs> so think, many HBO programs. Why can't I throw the fifteen dollars? Most month? of the Eastern Seaboard has RHs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't like Wait, Jeff, are, you the, are, are you at the casino right now? No. Oh. We were there during the day. We came back. 
And uh, RH, thank you. Really and I enjoy your uh, show. Yeah. I enjoy your show, Bizarre Foods. It's a really good show. <laughs> Jeff, I was really hoping you were playing craps and doing this podcast. That'd be <laughs> That's awesome. a poker table right now, guys. I got a hand. Um, <laughs> right back. Well, I haven't heard Daddy needs a new pair of shoes yet, so I assume that you weren't. I'm but, just muting the mic whenever I say that. But yeah, I am. I'm, I'm worried about the budget, uh, budgetary concerns, and I think it's probably a good idea that they're only they're doing less than ten episodes a season, so that we Assuming can just we get the same budget. Well, yeah, I imagine yeah. we'd get the same budget just, for less episodes because that's the only way they can probably make it work. Exactly, yeah. they're just forced to. Plus, yes. uh, plus, they've already demonstrated that they can't really they they have weird like you could have made this ep- this season seven episodes and probably been better than all the weird spin that we got. Had ghost and the uh, and ghost and one one in the final battle instead of one of the two, right? As they admitted that they made that choice, they, all, they could only whatever. have one, right? Yeah. All right, so let's go to Marine in the East. Um, Oh, how to do this? I guess uh, we're just gonna do all Danny. Uh, no, I, I want to do Tyrion and uh, Tyrion and the the leftovers first. Uh, actually, fuck that. Who cares? Uh, Tyrion is given a very little little task to do. He tries to make peace. Um, he offers them seven years of slavery before it ends to try to it, buy. Uh, Doug, peace. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Doug. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt here, but he wasn't told to make peace. He just decided to make peace. Right. He took his own initiative. Yes. Very. Yes. I think that's a critical point. Yeah. And at the beginning, the ships are all burned. Which I mean, that was just the dumbest thing in the world. Just to be like, who has a thousand ships that can that can take us? Like, it's just so awful. And a giant wiener. Giant wiener. Yeah, you're on. Oh yeah, alright, we'll get there. But essentially, Varys and Tyrion are tasked, or they decide to take it upon themselves to set the city to rights. They make a deal with the slaver, uh, leaders of the slaver uh, cities, the other ones, and uh, they offer them seven years of slavery. It doesn't work out, uh, and they attack, and Danny comes in to save the day. Uh, Tyrion is given two, not just one, Two awfully awkward, unfunny scenes in which he tries to humanize Missandei and Grey Worms. These were the low point of the season for me. I really found, yeah. uh, I really was just questioning why they just stuck with it. It's like a bad, bad like uh, skit on Saturday Night Live, and you just realize, oh man, there's ten more minutes before we go to commercial. We're just gonna sit here and 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 watch this and have to suffer it. Um, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Tyrion's journey, if you can call it that, this season? I think that they were trying to kind of go back to what they did with him in season two and have him be sort of like, you know, plotting and hand of the kingy kind of again. But there and weren't enough players. There, weren't. there was no, there was just nothing for him to do. There was, there was nothing very interesting. No. And like you said, the people he was interacting with, it was like... It was like, you know, pulling teeth to to get any reaction out of them. So we talk about going on patrol. We start talking <laughs> oh, about God. ending patrol. Yeah. We talk about why we're on patrol. I, I like Raymond in the books a lot better when he's just a, like a mute soldier who fights, and that's pretty. He's much more it. a robot. Yeah. A, I, you I don't like talking about patrol. I actually don't like any of the mirror stuff in the in the books either. Me neither. I'm I'm disinterested. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely in my like. Uh, to be honest, the especially in the later books, the the Danny stuff is my least favorite. Yeah, like when tedious. I get to one of those chapters, I, I'm like, oh. God, I remember, okay. I remember Dance the Dragon going, "God damn it, another Danny chapter, fuck." And then there's that. I'm glad they at least got rid of Quentin because that's that's the stuff in the books. I'm like, get this guy out of here. <laughs> Who cares about this guy? Quentin. Ha- <laughs> all right, my theory is, I, I came to one realization, Jeff, and let me know if you you agree with this or not. I go, wow, this doesn't make any sense. 
oh, wait a minute. And somebody thought, oh, wait, it's uh, Quentin's not dead. This is happening. I was thinking, wait a minute. Either George R. R. Martin is a terrible writer <laughs> or... <laughs> or Quentin's not really dead, and it's he's going to come to play a bigger role because those are the only no, two outcomes. I really think he's not a very good writer. Like, All I think right. well, that's fine. That's I an think acceptable Quentin's outcome his big, as well. Sick joke about like you know having this guy. I think he thinks it's funny having this guy being like, "I'm going to woo her." Whoops, I get burned. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but maybe he'll come back. But if he comes back, I hope he doesn't come back because I hate that I, guy. I, I, I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> Once again, I hated Dorn, and you like Dorn. Uh, and I felt like Marine in uh, Dance of Dragons was very similar to Dorn in, in Feast of Crows. I just didn't want to deal with learning new people's names. I'm like, all right, it's time. It's it's just like in Harry it's Potter. It's dragon time. Well, it was it was it was time to stop expanding and starting in time to contract as far as the overall plot. You starting to have these. You got to have these places converge and have our. You know, you can't just flesh out the story forever. You got to. Right. And there's that whole other section that, like, we were you know we're not even talking about with what's his name and their army and all that nonsense. Uh, yeah, Aegon. All right, fake Aegon. Uh, we won't even get into that. All right, so. So, so this is this uh, th- I, with Tyrion's journey. I, I do think his journey has been interesting because we went into this a little bit the last episode. He's been shit on his entire life, despite doing great things, or at least doing very good things. He's struggled despite the fact that he's been giving all these advantages, and now he's finally gotten to the point with Danny where he he's is with someone who. Yes, I mean, th- I mean that is huge for him because I think I don't know how you don't root for him and but despite rooting for him and despite all these advantages and his intelligence and doing good things that basically westeros and essos has shit on him up until basically the point i think where he has named the hand of the queen so i and also it's very good that he is now the hand of the queen where he i mean danny's a, a, unquestionably a great conqueror but she is also unquestionably a terror terrible ruler so if we're moving forward where there's this power consolidation it's very important that danny has someone who can actually run an administration and yeah. make these things work and and make deals and all this kind of stuff right. I, I mean listen go ahead i agree with that in theory i just wish that yeah. he did something worthy in marine yeah. to sort of warrant that because i think what he does do with all the slavery stuff First of all, it doesn't work. I I don't know. I just feel. Well, like, I don't think it would ever work. That's no, my I, point. Yeah, I feel like it was. Yeah. He, 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 they, like if he didn't treat with the slavers, they probably will still would have attacked. So like so he bought them a couple more, weeks or a small time. More interesting than the slavery issue for yeah. him to sort of. So once again, about, just, it's it's just they well, had like, to include like, him in. Like, the, they had to show him in the CD you know, series you know, to keep him. Flat taxes or. What? I don't know what they're the writers like they you know they're not at the, they're they're telling the story they're kind of they they can do it like they have the ability and that's know. what's frustrating is because I feel like sometimes they can come up with original plot points and original like uh you know spackle that makes things work that I I actually like and like some of the writing some of the original writing I'm impressed with and it and it works and other times it just fails so horribly that I'm just like god second draft guys do a second draft third draft yeah. run it by a nerd hey, just grab run, a nerd yeah, off the fucking street and say hey does this make any sense no okay guys we're redoing Doran for season 5 I, I <laughs> it's it's just it's frustrating but yeah. let's push on I, I do want to end this at a decent hour so let's let's talk about Danny's arc which Jesus, 
One one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, one o'clock. All right, so this is going to be it. So Danny, uh, let's like I did not enjoy Danny for fucking. I'll say nine out of ten episodes. Uh, at least she didn't say mu- do much in the the last one. Um, so Danny is captured by the Dothraki at the end of last season. She's uh, dragged back to base Dothrak, and she's forced to be part of the Dosh Kaleen, where she's supposed to be a widow that hangs out and is just kind of another form of slavery. Uh, where and she's like in a mock um, matriarchal society where the uh, old wives or the old widows of the cows. Uh, tell the cows which villages to rape and pillage. Uh, she wants no part of this, but she can't intimidate or uh, bully her way out of this, and she has no real power. Uh, but luckily, she has Daria and Jorah, who are there to help her by barring some doors. That's all they do. And <laughs> this is enables Danny to set the Dothraki leaders on fire because, surprise to us, she is fireproof. It wasn't just a one-time thing. Um... So she kills all the entire leadership of the Dothraki, and the Dothraki somehow are enamored with this and decide that she is their leader. So she gets the entire civilization of the Dothraki. Then uh, on the way back to Marine, uh, she she confronts Jorah after being exiled two times, three times. I don't know. She can't accept him back, but orders him to find a cure for his grayscale, which I found this to be like an awful awful situation we, we can talk about this in a situation in a, in a, when i'm done wrapping this up but i found this whole i command you jorah to find a cure for your std it just was so fucking like i don't know cheesy and dumb i didn't i didn't feel it at all i felt no emotion um then in the, another scene she has she finds drogo and has a pep rally in the desert she didn't need the fucking pep rally because she already had the entire Dothraki. This accomplished nothing besides now she has her dragon, which I assume she had to begin with. She gets back to Marine, finds out it's under attack, says she wants to completely destroy all the slaver cities. Tyrion, his best part of the season, is convincing her not to be like her shitty fucking father, the Mad King. Um, and her Mad King father wanted to destroy the entire cities, uh, the good and the bad alike. And Danny listens to him. Instead, tries to use her dragons to attack the fleet and intimidates them and only destroys like one or two boats to capture the boats. Um, Grey Worm uh, eliminates the leaders of the slave cities and essentially she has restored peace, meets with Theon and Yara, who uh, you don't need to know much about them besides Yara's gay, and she kind of flirts with Danny for a little bit. And uh, Theon and Yara basically... Um, get uh, hightailed at it from the uh, Iron Islands by Euron, who is a uh, brother of Balon, the reigning king. He gets murdered by uh, Euron and somehow wins the king's moot. Uh, we're not even going to talk about the king's moot because that's horrible. <laughs> Essentially, Danny accepts Theon Nyara and says, we'll align with you as long as you stop being Greyjoys or stop being you know shitty, basically destroy your culture. And they said yes. And, just don't be you. Yeah, just don't be you anymore. <laughs> and they agree to it. So Danny's got her dragons. She's got the fleet that she captured from the slavers. She's got the Unsullied. She's got Theon and Yara's boats. And after Varys goes on a little Ty- day trip. Tyrell's second sons. Yes. Ty- Varys goes on a day trip to recruit more people and gets the Martells, who are the Sand Snakes and all of Dorne, 
And the Tyrells, who are recently pissed off at Cersei for destroying their entire family in a great explosion, they're part of Danny's uh, horde as well. So Danny seems pretty goddamn unstoppable. And we end on another yay for Danny scene, uh, which I, I mean, I can't overstate this enough. This hurrah for Danny shit is just too fucking much. And that's where I want to lead this discussion. How do they think that we're going to be like, yes, go Danny, every fucking time they do it, if they do it four or five times a season? It's just infuriating. That, to, to me, that was the problem. Is that the, I, the last two episodes, I did think that the Danny um, hurrah scenes were interesting and were actually valid. Prior to the last two, there was a lot of nonsense. Like, even when she just, like, all of a sudden her dragon showed up, and then she went and yelled at the Dothraki, you are my blood rider. You are my blood rider. Yeah. Um, but the last two have actually felt like a genuine display of power. Um, and so I'm kind of excited about that. And the last one, obviously, she didn't really, like, scream, I'm the greatest uh, of uh, full, like a butterfly sting like a bee. No, it she just didn't have more, to give a speech. It was just yeah. apparent, which is... So that feels so much more authentic right, it than definitely does. all these other things where she just pushes down a brazier and it burns everybody somehow magically almost. I mean, because there have been the the one thing that we've seen repeated over and over again is Danny suddenly earning power that she didn't really or obtaining power she didn't earn. These last couple ones, I felt like these seem a little bit more genuine. So I'm excited to see where it is. But more importantly, She's actually on the fucking way to, to Westeros. So we're actually going to see shit go down. So I'm, I the last two episodes, I bought her rah-rah stuff, and I'm also excited to where, hey, we're actually getting to where something's going to happen. Yeah. My favorite moment in the, the episode before the last one was when she's like, I'm going to kill them all. And Tyrion's like, might I suggest another approach? <laughs> yes. And they, they just parlay with them, and then she just kills them all. And it's like, oh, okay. So you just wanted to chat before you murdered them all. I no, guess no, no, but I no, think she but, didn't no, murder. Yeah. She didn't I murder her, the entire fleet. Oh, she spared right. the fleet. Okay. She didn't oh, go to... Go. They weren't like, okay, before we go to Westeros, we got to stop off in Astapor or whatever the other city is, and we got to genocidally murder everybody which is what she no. sounded like she wanted to do well the masters crucify the masters no i think said. she wanted to raise the cities to the ground is what she said to oh Syria. yeah no she did say that too. yeah but it's almost like you didn't watch the episode three it's almost times. like you don't listen, listen to this podcast, podcast or watch the show and then uh, to the you know podcast, then look at reddit and then i got <laughs> i got my own podcast guys <laughs> Snacks, what do you feel about Danny just as a whole? I feel she's boring, and I she's one of the hardest characters to like root for, except for the last I, two episodes. I gotta agree with Brian there. I, I feel like I'm hitting the same notes here. Uh, I, they're just given uh, fan service. They they've taken the dimensionality out of the character, so I think she's just gonna do shit like this for the rest of the season. I think that it's similar to Arya. She's just kind of like the whole, the whole point of this arc for her. The season was like going back to her roots. Yeah. And rediscovering to me, to her me, identity. Just, yes. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, the, so just leading the Dothraki again. Like, I just don't yeah. get what the big deal about that is. Like, it's like, cares? Hey, remember, Hey, remember this when she lit herself on fire? Now it's right. that times 10. Right. Right. Aren't you yeah. excited? And I'm like, yeah, uh, no, I'm not excited at all. There's, just, there's no question that she's like backed her way into so many opportunities, like the dragon egg. Somebody gave them to her. Uh, the the I mean, the, the thing with the um, 
the Masters and uh, what was that? That uh, the greatest city that ever lived. What was that called, Dave? I think oh, yeah, that was asked for where she got the Unsullied. Are you talking about when she got the Unsullied? Uh, well, yeah, the Unsullied. Like she just, I mean, that didn't feel really earned. Yeah, she city. cheated. Basically, she said, "I'll give you a yeah. dragon," and then she's like, "Dummy, dragons can't be bought because they're people." And they said, "Drew yeah. carries," and then the dragon burned the guy's face off, and then it's like, exactly. "I'm your master now." Yeah, you're the city right. With Priyat, you, city with Priat, City with Priat Pre. Yeah, with oh. the, the the. Oh yeah, uh, the weird uh, like fun house. I say like uh, the god. Yeah, and the the big flat dude who uh, supposedly was the richest man there had nothing. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. You're right. right. Jon oh, Snow, god. by by contrast, isn't given anything. Isn't given any breaks, and he like yeah. just gets his stuff, and it definitely seems more earned than Danny because Danny's getting like by by handouts. Handouts from yeah, big she's just, government. She's fireproof. She's, she's fucking magical. Yeah. She's fireproof. She has dragons. Fucking John has nothing of those. He was brought back to life, but even then, it doesn't seem like he's infinitely uh, immortal or anything. It makes it seem like he could easily die again. Um, so if they're supposed but to be parallels... Then, then again, again, again the, the, the last two Danny episodes... I, I think she's... I felt like she's actually raising... Even though it's not earned... She's finally showing the amount of power that she has, and that that is interesting. Even though she kind of cheated her way to it or have fell backwards into it, hey, all of a sudden she has the greatest army in the world, I think, easily. So that I think that becomes interesting in that now she's actually well, at taking least now advice. She's joining the 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 main conflict in Westeros instead yes. of having this like side adventure. Uh, yes, with with the biggest army and with probably the best advisor in Tyrion. Right, the so. game is terrifying, even though you have like <laughs> yeah. this entire army and like all these other lands fighting with you. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, this is, it's finally getting terrifying, even though this is the best, most empowered yeah. point in your goddamn You're life. Leveled up as, yeah. as far as you can go. All right, guys. I mean, that's that's all I have for like a season recap. I mean, I just want to get your. Uh, 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 I'll tell you my experience. I feel like this this season was a lot of up and ups and downs. And I will agree with what Jeff said at the beginning. Uh, there were moments when I really appreciated uh, the show, but for the most part, I just enjoyed the hell out of the last two episodes. And it wasn't because they did character develop. It wasn't because they they went in depth. It was because they actually started pushing the for the story forward and are doing what the show can do now. They don't have the books. Uh, is just like telling me where this is going, and I feel like they're trying. They're finally starting to do that, um, and that's the best case scenario. So I, I, I'm hopeful for next season, just because this season was a surprise. Um, what I'm interested in is it didn't really end on a cliffhanger. Um, so I find that uh, an interesting choice for serialized television. But at the same time, like it, this is where we all predicted it to go. But like where it goes from here, I think the only it's exciting territory. I think it's exciting territory because the only thing we know is that there's going to be a conflict between the White Walkers and whoever's left. That's the only thing we know for sure. And we all knew from the beginning that Danny was going to come to Westeros. That's been prophesied, not prophesied, but foreshadowed. Not even foreshadowed, but just talked about in the goddamn show. Like, you know, we've we've been telegraphed that she was coming to Westeros. Since we first saw her, right? So this is yeah, the fruition she's, of she's that like whole thing. She's like facing that direction, basically. So yeah, yeah. So. That's a that's a really uh, if you, that's a really tight definition of uh, cliffhanger because 
there's so many goddamn questions on where this show is going to go. I mean, there's not a cliffhanger as in is Jon Snow dead or alive, but no, yeah, no, I mean, I'm meaning, I'm meaning, I'm meaning Indiana Jones cliffhanger. I'm meaning, it's not like, it's not, is Jr. dead or not? I mean, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what, that's exactly what. But that's, that's, that's kind of what I like because I feel Mr. like they've Burns. done a lot of that. They've done a lot of cliffhanger uh, stuff, and but they don't need it, and that's what's great about this shit. Like when I don't know when they th- like me and Brian were talking about this with um, the Battle of the Bastards. We enjoyed the shit out of the episode. Very little happened that was a surprise in that episode, but because right. it was done well. We still enjoyed ourselves, and we we liked it. I don't have to be surprised, or I don't need the cliffhanger. I just need uh, it to be an enjoyable experience. Um, yes, which I and feel you know like, what we've seen the, the last two episodes have been directed by that same guy, Sapochnik, yeah. and I mean he's he's I mean high water directing of the episode because man, it, it could have easily if you didn't have like like Tommen's death wasn't like the way it was framed and the way it was presented. Yeah. That could yeah. have easily felt cheap and stupid. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that was masterful directing and music scoring. And, um, I just want that Sapochnik guy to direct every single episode from here on out. Because well, let's ask, let's ask snacks like yeah. snacks. You have the most, uh, background in TV slash just video production. Did you notice a raise in caliber of editing or directing in the past, in the last two episodes or, no, yeah, no, that guy is definitely uh, the best they got going. Ever since that, what, what's that one battle where all the White Walkers come and Hard kill everybody? Home. And that was true. Right. I think he did that episode too. Um, yeah. yeah, that guy That guy um, knows what he's doing. But at least those two in the Battle of the Bastard were mostly uh, action episodes. And yeah. I think he's very good at that. But I'm also curious, I, I'm also curious when they attribute a director to the show. And I know the way they shoot. They shoot all over the world yeah, in all these different places. Yeah, they have directors and shit. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, what what are you actually Yeah, who are you? Which section for? are you actually directing? Yeah, yeah or so are I'm, they involved in the editing as well? That. I mean, that's, these are the kind of questions you want to ask, right? But it, well, I do want to raise two points is that in the, the and I, I'm, I we raise this on the podcast, and it's apparent that you don't listen to it snacks. Thank you for your patronage. But he, <laughs> like, he, the bat, the actual battle between Bolton and uh, Snow, the scene where uh, Jon Snow was being trampled, Sposnick yeah. suggested that because they were running out of time to film what was actually scripted. Yeah, he made it and up he on sug- the spot, basically. Yes, he suggested that in the, uh, the Benny, the, the, uh, the no D&D. Runners. Yeah, they accepted it, and it That's turned great. out to be fucking incredible. It's yeah. out of out of the rebirth metaphors. This episode uh, in this season, that's the best one, hands down. Yes. The, the, the fact that John Snow, like, it's just shot so claustrophobically. Like, yeah. it's yeah, really yeah. kind I of definitely felt disturbing. Like, you it was feel supposed to be another elaborate battle scene, which they didn't have time to film, and yeah. instead they created maybe the best moment of the show right he's like he's like he's like reborn he's battleborn or whatever it it really is it's the guy that goes into the belly of the whale and comes out he goes (laughs) he basically goes underground or to hell you know you've seen this a million times but it was just so well done it was just and it was in the middle of the battle and the fact that we followed Jon Snow through the battle and had his perspective and it didn't feel cheesy uh I don't know I just thought it was uh you know, I don't want to say that, like when a TV show elevates it, you know, elevates to art. You know, well, when does that happen? Like, who can say that shit? When can when can pop culture become art? When is it elevated? When is it excellent? Married, married with children. Married with children. 
when they, once they brought in that extra kid. Snacks yeah, and I were just talking about that the other day. What were you yeah. talking about? No, but so no, the, no, no, the, wait, 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 Brian, I want to hear this. But with Sapochnik, he's clearly mastered the action scene. I mean, both Hard Home and the Bastard Bowl were incredible. But he also directed this last one, which was not a action thing. It was more of a character-driven thing with some moments. But, I mean, it, those those are the two types of episodes that they present in Game of Thrones. Yeah. The action episodes, and they have the... Kind of, uh, kind of character-driven episodes, and I felt like he mastered this last episode, which is a character-driven episode. I agree, but I do want to go back to uh, Jeff. What were you saying? You were talking about uh, to snacks about the elevation of pop culture to art. Uh, we were talking about Married with Children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. So Married with Children is great. It's not on Netflix Sorry. yet, but, but, but if you write your congressman, maybe you can get it to happen. I, uh, I, I don't want to get into the definition of art because I have a loose definition of art. Uh, I think I think all I think all creating to a point is art. You know what I mean? And I don't want to diminish anything, you know? But I want to say like does does can you make something like uh, can you make a pop song that is uh greater than a genre? Like can it can you transcend the uh a genre or uh, a medium? I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, do you Sometimes think- things hit. Yeah. Okay. So it just hit on all cylinders. I will say that's. I, I would say that's my definition too. And I feel like the last two episodes definitely just they hit. A lot of times they're swinging and misses, and that's what we've talked about with all these Danny scenes where she's trying to have this raw, raw moment, and I feel nothing. Much like when Danny breaks up with her summer fling, uh, Dario, I felt nothing during a lot of these Danny cheer cheer moments. All right, so Danny's let's ra- a kind of boring character. She is really. very boring, I mean, and Dan. And once again, like uh, John's a cipher as well, but I feel like Danny's more annoying. Like, uh, well, they just didn't. They don't know what to do with her other than have her burn people and and kind of win power up. Yeah, yeah. and make speeches. Yeah. All right, so let's let's wrap this up. Uh, going forward, do, are you guys optimistic about the uh, next two episodes or seasons? I feel like I am just for the tone that this season ended on as opposed to the the season as a whole. I feel like they ended on a real positive note. So I'm I'm looking forward to next season and once again, hopefully we'll have god damn it. Hopefully we'll have Winds of Wick and Winter before the goddamn 7th season comes out. Um but even if we don't, I guess I'm looking forward to enjoying this television program. I think the condensing it is going to be fantastic. I think every episode will read like a, a hyper read through cliff notes. It, it's just going to fly. I hope so. Um, yeah. uh, so again, I think you'll lose characterization. I think people will become more, more the one dimensional, but uh, things will be getting crossed off the list and that's always satisfying. Yep. Jeff, I, this season to me felt very much like they were kind of like, like it was growing pains between where they had taken the characters, where they had taken the plots. Oh, geez. Where... I thought you were actually going to refer to this. No. Boner. No. All right. <laughs> I'm done doing that. He passed going, away. How about have some all that going to like where, you know, Martin's outline is essentially for like the ending. And so I felt like a lot of it was awkward and kind of, it didn't quite fit. It didn't make sense. Characters yep. appear and reappear all over the freaking globe just at a whim because it's easy for them to move them around like that. Um, but now that they've kind of, established you know the end game i think i think i'm excited about the end game i think that it can be really entertaining um 
and you know I, the pieces are in place so it's it's really the their game to lose i agree and i hope they stand on their own two feet i hope these little birds can leave the nest brian do you have anything to sum up this uh this uh, up, season? Buddy. i'm fired up it is hurtling downhill to what i ultimately want is dragons killing white walkers uh, so I couldn't be I couldn't be happier at this point. I agree. Uh, I I think feel, we, yeah, I feel yeah. it's the best case scenario. Like I said, I, th- I think we see the path that's coming, and uh, we to get to that point, it has to the show has to remove a lot of the wheel spinning. So I, I think we're in good we're in good shape to get something that's a lot of fun. It might not be as intriguing as all the uh, internal Westeros uh, battling, uh, you know, political battling. But it's going to be a lot of fun just to see uh, a lot of shit get smashed. I agree. So what are we going to do, Brian, until uh, next season? Well, we have uh, discussed having uh, going back in time, going to go back in time to do a season one recap. Uh, and we're, it's not going to be a recap as in the recap sense of we're going to go over it beat by beat, but we're looking at it through the lens of, Hey, this is interesting that this tied back in because there are so many parallels. Like, for instance, this is crazy, uh, but there is uh, supposedly the Robert Baratheon curse. We're in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, Everyone, he touches. Go ahead, you. Every single it, what he kind of when the the Starks line up for to meet Robert Baratheon, all of these Starks he touches. Uh, die. Children die, but then the ones who doesn't touch live. So, uh, we're not going to go back and look at it through a recap perspective, but more of Holy shit, this is interesting as it pertains to what's to come. Um, and also just kind of just some silly, little, more of a uh, more of almost a uh, I wouldn't say mystery science, science theater 3000 perspective, but uh, more in that. Vein you guys, you guys aren't really funny enough. No, we can't do an entire like episode commentary. <laughs> no, like, OK, push play right now. Hey, what? look at me. I'm John uh, you know, Snow. I, yes. That was a terrible parallel because we will not have Tom Servo involved, but we it's, it will be more like a, uh, hey, this is interesting. This is fun. Look at what this played into the future episodes. And uh, so we're going to be doing that soon. And I think we might also, and Doug and I will talk about this after this episode, but I think we might do one more recap episode to kind of go over some of the minor characters. For instance, I wouldn't mind spending a little bit more time talking about Davos's journey Leanna Mormont's journey, uh, talking a little bit more about Littlefinger, sure. just some other topics. Going. You know who was a great sleeper character and a great sleeper uh, actress was on the show is the woman who plays Marjorie. Like, I really think that, yeah. that she brought a lot to that character that's not actually in the books. Yeah. She's very much referred to by uh, from other from other people. And you guys have mentioned it before. She, she's like probably the best actress on the show and she's legit. i think she has a great ending because i think it very much fits her decision to go with the church um so i'm, I'm not like sad that she's dead but the, the show you know the show is we're gonna miss her presence i think on the show absolutely so. did you ever watch the tutors no is she on that it's too? not yes yeah, she's on that i wouldn't bother but there's i think you get to see her boobs on it so you should definitely check it out so wrapping this up uh thank you okay. jeff for showing up and uh once again everybody check out um Greater Boston, uh, snacks. And uh, for, uh, no thank up. you for the snacks. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be back. Uh, let me know when you're on the season one finale. I'll come back for that one too. And uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> only only cherry pick episodes. Hard All right, I, I will I will do. A, thank you very much for joining us. I will have a standing offer if you guys do want to be a guest on uh, one of our <laughs> season one slash two slash three as we kind of uh, paddle and try to stay afloat until the next season comes out. Uh, if you want to be involved in any of those episodes, standing invitation to show up. Um, I appreciate it. So for Brian, uh, this is Doug. Thank you very much. And we will see you next Tuesday somehow, some way. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you.